0: Everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, for rock and metal thrive. Wish you guys a happy Thursday. It is December 10th, and I'm not going to mince words. This is one of my favorite podcasts of all time, where it is our third in the series with MVK Music, with the band The Dev out of Orlando, Florida, and... We talk so much good stuff about music where we talk about how they all got into music, which ends up turning into how, again, just that positive feeling of concerts happened in a completely different light as well. So you get that feeling of, you know, man, does everyone miss concerts? Does everyone miss this stuff? Yeah, they do. Then we get into their song called Queen of the Damned, and it just turns into this massive just session of just how much we like rock and we really get into the song in depth as well with its message how it's great and how people relate to those messages as well but then we get into some really great stuff and i think this is where the podcast shines where you can see the bands take on pop artists wanting to do rock and metal tracks and rock and metal albums and why we see as a good thing But we all see it as a good thing for some different reasons. It is an incredible conversation. You guys need to listen to the whole entire thing. Trust me, this band is awesome. And go check them out. So are you ready for the dev? Because I sure as hell am. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. This is number three in our series series with mvk music group who has helped set up some of these interviews and this one let me tell you we got another great one for you so coming out of i believe orlando florida if i got that wrong please tell me now and make fun <laughs> of me for all hell because that's usually what happens on these podcasts please welcome the band the Dev. so guys welcome to core progression podcast hey,
1: hey 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 thanks for
0: having us thanks for being on and did i get that right you guys are from orlando
1: orlando florida yep, yep.
0: Woo. okay haven't messed up yet, but if I do mess up at any point during this podcast, which is likely, feel free to call me out, roast me, do whatever the hell you guys want to do, because that always <laughs> is just absolutely hilarious.
1: Got it. Don't yeah, tell me uh, what the fun time. Do not tell me what the fun time.
0: Oh, I'm. I, w- I will trust me. <laughs> so, <laughs> alrighty, as we get started to get not only my listeners but get everyone else a little bit more uh, in depth with you guys as a whole. I want each of you to do this thing that I always start out with. I want you guys to introduce yourselves with your names, what you do in the band, and then we're going all like high school, like intro to college kind of stuff. I want to know a little fun fact about yourselves. However, I want it to be the wackiest thing you can think of. I've had people tell me about their famous like Instagram and Twitter pets. I've had people tell me about these crazy stories about just, you know, just waking up in a bar at two in the morning and not knowing how they got there. I've had people read me their Tinder bios. Those are always absolutely hilarious. So whatever wacky fact you guys can think about yourselves just to get people like, holy crap, I want to just know more about this band. Go for it. So whoever <laughs> wants to start, take it away.
1: Um, hey, guys, my name is Nikolai. I'm the lead singer of The Dev. And fun fact. <laughs> I'm 100% Albanian and live next to 16 of my relatives. We all live on one street, like the movie My Big Fat Creek Wedding.
0: I was just about to bring that up. I'm like, that sounds a <laughs> lot like My Big Fat Creek Wedding.
1: Everyone always comments about it because we're just like a really big family. And I guess my dad and his brothers all wanted to build houses next door. So I live next to way too many family members. I
0: was going to say, well, for like a family reunion kind of thing, that's really not hard to have happen. It seems like an everyday mm-hmm. kind of thing
1: absolutely not to this day there's still a plot of land that i'm supposed to build my home <laughs> essentially that's okay, probably this, never gonna happen
0: okay this definitely sounds like my big fat greek wedding in terms of just the layout
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know
0: i'll say what's probably lucky is just especially everything that's <laughs> going on with coronavirus in this country when it comes to thanksgiving it's because you guys are always toge- it seems like you're always together all the time i mean you live right next to each other so you guys are all yeah. able to get together for thanksgiving and not really have any issue
1: yeah pretty much pretty much i mean i can literally go next door down to my neighbors and ask for a cup of sugar and it's probably like either going to be my aunt or my grandmother so we're a really close family so even if i think the government told us we couldn't do it i don't think they could stop us (laughs) we're having a thanksgiving together
0: oh i don't think they could even with my family it's like everyone's kind of staying away but then there's my grandpa who's 92 years old he's like yeah i don't give a shit if i get it i get it if i don't i don't i'm still having thanksgiving with you guys i'm just like
1: all right that's literally my grandmother literally my grandmother (laughs)
0: Oh, man. Looks like I we got matching grandparents right there.
1: Holy shit. Hey.
0: Hey. All righty. Who is next up on the list? I'll let you. One of you guys take it away. And silence ensues. All right. I'm just going to pick one.
2: Barrett, your turn. All right. <laughs> My name is Barrett Jones. I am one of two guitarists in the Dove and i don't know i don't know if it's a wacky fact because it, it you kind of put me on the spot there i'm like oh man i'm going through my memory i can't remember but i'm originally from west virginia and i guess i grew up on country music and i like going to like monster truck rallies i i i can't get away from that so i guess that's you know wacky to some people so
0: well i'm not gonna say i blame you because i really don't blame you for that i mean monster truck rallies are fucking awesome oh yeah man yeah absolutely I mean, like up up here, where I'm from, in Milwaukee, where it's just like every time like the monster truck rallies come through, it's like they're always gonna put them at the arenas, and it's like okay, they're just gonna o- remove the whole entire floor, just up a shit ton of dirt in there, and just go nuts. And then tickets are like five bucks, and it's just like always
2: you're on the radio this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if anybody would go, like if you've never been before, you gotta go. I mean, you to see those things do backflips in the air. I mean, that it's it's amazing. It, like, you know, something that heavy that will you know that can do that you know it's incredible
0: yeah it's like even the time but maybe they accidentally uh, don't work very well and then end up crashing it's like they're so safety rigged it's like they bounce right off and all of a sudden you see them them like the trucks just stand up on, on their own after like a little bit of a wreck and all of a sudden it's like okay we're at, what's happened with the driver they just jump out of the truck like nothing happened yeah yeah exactly Seems like uh maybe during one of your shows once live shows return you're going to have to like ride in on a monster truck just oh, man yeah! That,
2: yeah yeah that'd be awesome yeah we'll have we'll have like a queen of the damn truck yeah we'll we'll do I like, have a Hummer
1: movie. we could totally yeah. soup yeah. up my Hummer if we need it if we need to I'll do it
2: Looks like we got a
0: little bit of an interesting plan in the works I've seen a band <laughs> from Germany called Thunder Mother because they've been playing some live shows recently and what they did was they bought a fire truck rigged it up as their own fire truck and have been playing on top of it Oh, that's what? pretty cool. So it's definitely possible to rig a Hummer up and all of a sudden have you just, like bear, just have you like come out of it, playing a guitar. Like all of a sudden they open up the trunk and there's you just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's plausible. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to jump over to Chris on this. So I'm going to let him go. Cause he's just looked like he's staring off into space, trying to think of his wacky facts. So I'm gonna put him on the spot.
3: Yeah, man, I'm stuck. I, uh, I can't really think of anything, but my name is Chris. I, I play drums for the dev. Um, I got two dogs that keep trying to get in the shot over here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd say a wacky fact about me, something I was thinking about yesterday was uh, when I was a kid, I always used to surf in the middle of winter in Massachusetts during storms wearing a dry suit. And I was just kind of thinking about how insane that was, not being able to see more than a foot into the water where a lot of great whites are. No one else in the ocean except for me and uh, in a completely black suit and uh, you know, surfing in 10 degree weather
0: i mean that definitely is a little bit of a wackier fact because when you think about surfing everyone thinks about oh going to like california or like if you go overseas like go over to australia go surfing around the pacific ocean area but you never hear of like winter surfing even though there have been a couple of times here in milwaukee where like after a couple of hurricanes have passed through later on in the season all of a sudden like october november and lake michigan gets real cold all of a sudden the waves just get absolutely insane Even the past Saturday before we shot this, I was playing soccer with a bunch of random people right down by the lake and the wind was picking up like crazy. So there was these giant waves and I see like five or six people surfing and like 10 people parasailing throughout the whole entire lake. I'm thinking, huh, kind of want to do that.
3: Yeah, especially during storms. It's fun because the waves aren't smooth. They're more choppy. So it's definitely a a challenge, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and just – i I've had – one of my friends, he tried doing that, and it was just – well, he went out in, like, a little bit of, like, a, like an inflatable rowboat because he wanted to have some fun with it, and, yeah, it didn't go very well for him. I mean, I I, I thought it was enjoyable because I was sitting on – I was sitting on the beach, like, just watching, thinking, well, this ain't going to go very well, and you see him trying to, like, stay afloat. <laughs> it's like whitewater rafting out there. After, like, one giant wave, I just see him flip backwards and just, all right, there goes the boat, and now he's got to swim back to shore, and it's not going well. Ah, Shit.
3: <laughs>
0: now i kind of hope he hears this podcast because alex if you're oh. listening to this one ha, ha, ha,
1: ha, ha. <laughs> this one's for you
0: yeah that one's this one's for you buddy Alrighty, john last one up let's hear what you got
4: oh saving the best for last i like oh it. yeah
0: i'm john i'm the bass player uh originally
4: from cleveland ohio right on the shores of lake erie so i'm a midwesterner just like you uh, fun weird fact about me i worked in the pentagon when i was in the marines so really that was yep how uh when was that uh late 90s okay so yeah it was before before nine eleven. so thank goodness yeah,
0: so, that's what i was kind of trying to figure i'm like was it before were you there during or was it there right after because no it was, it was before so so it was before everything, everyone got like just super paranoid over.
4: Yeah. yeah it was
0: uh, it was a lot different
4: back then than it is now. I mean, it was crazy. You could actually walk up to the Washington monument. Um, we went to the, uh, Tibetan freedom concert at RFK stadium. Saw the beastie boys, red hot chili peppers, Pearl jam, Radiohead, uh, Buffalo daughter, blues traveler, luscious jacks, so just tons of bands. Um, awesome show. And then we walked from there to the monuments and, uh, walked past the mirror pool and walked up to the Washington Monument, stepped over the um, chain that was there, that was in front of it. Now you can't even get close to it. But I stepped over the chain and then we laid on the ground and
0: put our feet on the monument and like looked straight up and it was like a stairway to heaven. It was really cool. Please tell me like someone had some sort of like speaker out there and it was playing stairway to heaven while you did that.
4: Nope, nope, nope. uh, We didn't have anything like that. Nobody nobody brought their uh, Discman or anything. Or their or Boombox. Box.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had one of those when I was like five or six years old, and it was just, I can't remember what even CDs I had. It was probably some, it was, it was actually, it was probably, I was probably playing my dad's like classic, like 80s and 70s mm-hmm. rock. So it was like putting on like Rush's Moving Pictures or For Lawful Carnal Knowledge by Van Halen or uh, mm-hmm. ZZ Top, something like that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. Used to, I, I've had. I used to. I grew up with tape players and stuff too. So, the old the old boom boxes that had the dual cassette decks, and you could record with one and play on the other and stuff. Those were cool.
0: I say my dad still in, has one of those where he keeps it out in the garage. So whenever it's summer, nighttime out, all of a sudden you got the bonfire rolling, like the stand up bonfire pit you put mm-hmm. in the driveway. <laughs> He'll play all of his cassettes from like that he made like the seventies and eighties and they're all mm-hmm. labeled differently. So it's like, he's got like, he's got like five or six different from electric light orchestra though. For some reason, he never really played them around me. And my brother, when we were kids. That was his favorite band, which made no sense, but was, right. like, he's always playing like Van Halen, three dog mm-hmm. night, queen rush, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, all that good stuff. Yeah.
4: Now I grew Yeah. I grew up. Uh, my parents, <laughs> my mom was the one that really got me into music. She listened to uh Led Zeppelin, black Sabbath, um, the who, uh rolling stones so you know all that stuff from the 60s and 70s so that's really where my foundation was she got to see black sabbath in 1971 in uh cleveland with uh i think it was santana with ozzy so, oh my god yeah yeah my mom my mom saw freaking ozzy osborne black sabbath how crazy is that it's like i'm so jealous because i've never i've never seen them live so it's like geez that's that's freaking cool like
0: so john but, your mom rocks hard yeah, 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 yeah. Apple don't fall far from the tree. No, it does not. And I think that also leads into another great question for the other three of you. How did you guys get into music, specifically rock music? Because hearing your stuff with the dev, that's clearly where a lot of the inspiration comes in. And seeing, also trying to do some research on you guys, like who have you played and support with? And I looked, at, there was a lot of band there. So I looked in like categorized bands that I like, that I enjoy listening to, that I've seen you support. One was uh, Crowbot, which I actually have interviewed in the past before. So I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. I saw Rise Against on there, and, well, yeah, that's why I'm wearing the shirt. But they're also my favorite band, same time, too. And also bands like Nothing More, Five Finger Death Punch, Hollywood Undead, another favorite of mine, and Atreyu. So I'm like, kind of curious. How'd you guys get into this style of music?
1: Um, well, I can tell you one thing. So I have two brothers, and they're 16 and 17 years um, older than me. And then my dad is like 38 years older than me. So my father got me into like the classic rock while my brother John was like definitely into metal and punk. And Alex was more into like the mainstream radio. So I was extremely well-versed in like the rock genre just because of my dad and my two brothers. And then of course, the older and older that I got, having like 14 guy cousins, they were all into like the alternative rock area. And I never saw myself getting into rock music and singing rock music. I always thought I was going to maybe do like a pop rock concept, but the older I got, I just wanted to do like hard rock. And that's pretty much how I got into it. It was just always having like a lot of male, like rock listener people influence me around me. I guess my family mostly.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's kind of how a lot of people get started with whatever their parents are listening to, whatever their family is listening to. And the fact that you had so many different realms with your dad, listening to more of the older classic rock stuff, and then mm-hmm. your brother's listening to not only some of the harder stuff, like heavy metal and punk rock, but then you get some more of the modern stuff that was popular. Big, well, yeah. probably while you were growing up. So I'm thinking stuff like, you know, like Lincoln park and then like, some like pop my brother kind of was
1: Lincoln park, Nirvana, like Nickelback, like everything generic that you would catch on the radio. My brother, Alex was, and then my brother, John was like listening to like Gigi Allen and the murder junkies. Like he was into some like weird stuff. We're talking like, apocalyptic revenge and like heavy metal. I, th- I broke my collarbone actually at a mosh pit because of my bro. So no. <laughs> yeah, oh, that should have been a fun fact. Well, I-, I have a very interesting life. So my whole entire life, I've either been listening to like the classics with my dad, the, a lot of like eighties, nineties and early two thousands because of my brothers. And then even now, because all my cousins are like my age, um, I'm like listening to like very, like fresh and new rock just because of the cousins being my age so I'm literally always surrounded by it and it's always funny because it's always my dad talking about like how his classics are the best but then it's like my brothers telling me how like their music completely changed whatever game so I'm just always surrounded by it but it definitely was because of my three dads I call them three dads (laughs) my brothers could almost be my dads by how much older they are than me
0: in a way, they easily could be, but I'm actually of curious <laughs> yeah. to ask this now. What show is it that you broke your collarbone at in a mosh? Because I have taken, like for just from last <laughs> year alone and even earlier this year, taken my fair share of abuse in mosh pits and gone from black eyes to giant cuts of my eye that should have required stitches, but I decided against it because I wanted to see motionless and white really badly or almost Ooh. breaking my nose, so... I've, 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 had that happening to too, but I got to know like what kind of mosh pit was it that you broke your collarbone in? <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's nothing very climatic. It's, um, pretty much what happened was, is there's like a little dive bar. And when I mean dive bar, I, I literally mean an actual hole in the wall bar called Uncle Lou's in Orlando or like the Orlando area. And they have a lot of punk shows and back way back when, when I was like, well, I guess not, not that back when, but a few years back when I was about like 13 or 14, um, they used to have these shows where they weren't necessarily marketed as like guys only punk night shows. But if you went, you probably knew you were going to get hit in the face, either getting windmilled or something. And my brother dressed me up as a dude because my he was supposed to babysit me and he just didn't. And he dressed me up like a dude or whatever. And I was at a show and this like six foot two random dude just windmilled me in the collarbone, cracked it And for the longest time, like for three, four days, I was like in severe pain. And one day when I was like skateboarding at school, then I fully broke it like four days later. And then I had to tell my parents that I only broke it at school when I was actually crying (laughs) just to write notes. So like now if you look at my collarbone, this one goes out a little bit more like that's like the normal collarbone. Yeah. This one's the one where I can like shove my finger right there into the bone. Ooh. So yeah. And I, it was just like a random just local punk show but typically the local punk shows are the ones that can get really crazy because like everybody knows everybody so you're not going to take anything offensively I feel like punk shows nowadays especially like because I've gone to like so many like Slayer and Anthrax shows and like like thrash shows and like Hard Rock House of Blues and even like amphitheaters they like they will stop moshing as much as they can at these small little dive bars like literally anything's possible and They didn't ID me first off, (laughs) and next thing you know, I'm dressed up like a boy and I just got windmilled in the collarbone. It was, yeah, it was an interesting night. That should have been my fact, my interesting fact about me. Oh, well, now that I'm thinking about it,
0: it was brought up though, and that's all that matters. But I do understand what you're saying about like with punk shows where it's kind of like anything goes, especially for more local bands. And yeah, and I've seen some that happen too. Last year, I was at a show here in Milwaukee where they had a local headliner opening up so you had a lot of the local milwaukee people that were there but then the um you had you had the headliners being anti flag and pennywise so you're yeah. bringing a lot more people from other places in there they, <laughs> because they were playing in chicago a couple days later so even some chicago people came up to go see the show but and just the mosh pit was just it was super energetic super duper crazy yeah. I actually didn't get hurt in that one, surprisingly. <laughs> but I, I mean, saw a bunch of people getting hurt in that. And it was just like, there was one guy that ended up getting like this huge, bloody, looked like a huge, bloody mess. And he had to get dragged out of there because he's bleeding all over the place. We just don't want you in there bleeding over everybody, but he refused to leave. So a couple of people were yeah. like, nope, they just literally picked him up and dragged him out of there.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, I think my first real mosh pit, my first large mosh pit that I ever joined, um, it was a couple years ago. I was at a Slayer anthrax and death angel show in house of blues and they try to stop the mosh pits from happening but let's be honest it just it wasn't going to happen and i remember i mean i've been to like a lot of them but that was the first real like lively one aside from the one that i got my collarbone broken into and i noticed that for the most part like people always think that people who go to mosh pits are like literally going in there to headbutt and like make people bleed but for the most part people actually take care of each other so if you seem like you give a shit about bleeding, then like they'll let you get out of the pit. But like, if you clearly don't care, then they'll just allow you to do whatever the hell you want to do. And that's how I always like describe it to every, everybody else because they're like, oh my God, why would you do that? I'm like, if you can hold yourself and you want to have fun and you want to be like a little bit roughened up and everything, you should be able to handle a mosh pit. Now there are certain pits that are like everybody in there is assholes and they don't care who they're hitting. But like I've been in mosh pits where like I can see a dude like, flail his arms around and then it's like he'll purposely like dodge the one chick so he doesn't knock out a girl and like that's how a majority of them are nowadays is just they kind of get bad raps and I feel bad and I can't wait until this whole viral pandemic thing is like so far for the most part gone because I can't wait for concerts even if it's not a mosh pit I just want a concert to happen sooner than later
0: (laughs) I think a Um, lot of us are in the exact same mindset as you are with that because I I miss my mosh pits, man. I really do. I'm, I've had, I work for a different They're company lively. Well. Oh yeah. I work for, I work for a different company as well. Just so like I have my, there's like basically like my whole entire side bits I'm trying to make into my actual business right now. But for my full-time position, a, like after everything got shut down, like two months later, all of a sudden I go to the hospital because I had to get my appendix removed, which is like, okay, during a pandemic, okay, why well, I have to go to the hospital, but I had to get my appendix removed. My boss literally looked at me and said, Well, I pretty much know why you had to do that. Your body is telling you that it needs to punish itself somehow for lack of mosh pits. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Probably. And also you get a good energy there. It's a kinetic energy. Like what's that one thing where you hit the ball and the ball energy like runs through and then the other ball goes up and so on and so forth. It's kind of like that concept. Like I always felt like concerts have that mosh pits have that where when you can physically be near people and get like, even if you're not in the pit and you're just getting nudged around It's a certain kind of energy where like, everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's enjoying the music with you. Everyone is just happy, happy, angry, regardless. It's like a positive, upbeat vibe. And God, I can't wait. Like I said, I I just can't wait for that to happen because I feel like it's almost therapeutic. And I feel like a lot of people also need it too. Not just people in bands, but people who love to watch them too.
0: I'll say you're not so, the only person to say that not only from because I've said that a lot as well, but a lot of other people that have been on the podcast have said that exact same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly therapeutic, because if you think about it like this, you can go to a therapist and you can talk to one person. Right. Or you can go to a concert where a band is able to like verse how you feel through their lyrics. And not only will you be able to sing along with them or be able to emit your emotions out with whatever song that they're releasing, but then you have 45 other people that feel the same way you do whatever it may be. It could be, you could be singing about a breakup or something, but the person next to you could be singing about their father and it could be the same damn song, but it's just a place where you can release and then anything you take back is all positive because everybody wants to be there and everybody wants to enjoy themselves. And I don't think people realize how, how easily understood music is language wise. So, you know moments like this it's it's dope for you to even be like hosting these podcasts and everything where people can talk to band members and and talk about music more often or more so because I think we're starting to like almost lose grip a little bit of like what it was like at one point to actually be at shows we had a show in um October 24th if I'm not mistaken and everyone kept just talking about how they were just so happy to be out and everyone had a good vibe or good energy and they're like oh my god you're in such a good mood and I was hearing other people say that to each other and it's like, you're not in a good mood. You just feel alive again. Like that's all it really is. But when you're taught for so long, just to be like incubated in your own home and everything, you forget what it's like to really just emit good vibes and energies out to other people and so on and so forth.
0: Oh, I told um, this, you. I'll this, say this conversation
1: I, went weird. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I
0: know, but this this is what I love about these conversations, because <laughs> this is how they end up evolving to where, I, what you said about with conscious being therapeutic, I've been a huge proponent of that. And that's why it's like, I always talk about going to live shows as much as you can, even if it's just going mm-hmm. by yourself, you don't have to go with a group of people. You can go by yourself and have a fantastic time. I mean, yeah. even during this whole entire shutdown pandemic thing, I've been to two shows during this time. One was in July where I drove two hours North to see a band. I've had in the podcast twice and hopefully I'll have mom by the end of the year. It's an, it's an all girl group called GFM. And I'm like, I was having fun. Cause they start a mosh pit there. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing this. I know everything going on with the pandemic, but I can't help myself. Like I see it. I need to get myself in there. And it was hilarious yeah. and it was fantastic. And then a, a early September, there was two bands I had in the podcast. They were playing a show with uh, Seventh Day Slumber up in the middle of bumfuck North Wisconsin. I don't even remember the name <laughs> of the place. It was a three and a half hour drive for me there and back. And I'm like, do I go and make the drive? When I was thinking that I was already halfway there, I'm like, huh, looks like I'm doing this. And it was fantastic, yeah. even though that show had, like, 50 people at it, maybe. It was not big at all, but I'm like, I'm just glad I got to go see a live show. And it just felt so damn good.
1: I wish there was, like, an app where it just, like, took all the hubspots of every live show nearby and just, like, literally let people know. Because I think people forget that, like, shows don't have to be $150 Amway Arena tickets, but there's literally shows down the street in every corner that you look. We actually, we played with GFM for a really cool 4th of July live stream with the radio station that we have in orlando called wjrr and they're dope chicks they're they're they they have similar concepts of us we're like we just like to really have fun on stage and involve the crowd as much as possible to just enjoy the music with us oh, they're yeah, really they're, dope chicks though
0: yeah there's so much there's so much fun to watch on stage too and that's even like after the show I, I i was like gonna go talk to him because i've talked to him before on the podcast but it's like i haven't talked to him live face to face and i yeah. thought they had this like skateboard deck up there for say i'm like if I buy that, are they going to, can I ask them to sign it and then hang it up on the wall and right there.
1: There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. It's Us. Yeah.
0: So I want to jump to Barrett and Chris on this one as well and kind of get your guys' take on that, especially with concerts, what you guys feel about, you know, what's going on right now do, and how, you know, we might need concerts, what your guys' thoughts are. And also, again, like I asked with John and uh, Nikolai, what influenced you to get into rock and
2: rock music and how that all happened? Yeah, so that's going to be hard to follow her now.
1: Like, oh, man, nobody
2: wants to hear from me now. But, but no, I want to um, hear from you though. <laughs> so, so, anyways, like, uh, like, what got me started into it? I actually, you know, I grew up on country music, like I said earlier. Um, and when I was younger, I saw the video, music video for Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. And while it did freak me out, you know, because it was like, man, what is this? You know, I it was like something about the music and just the vibe i was just like man this is just incredible i was like that it spoke to me i was like this is this is who i am you know and then you know i discovered gob uh, the punk band gob from canada you know who they are because i know you you know a lot of punk
0: yeah i i haven't listened to a lot of their music but i've heard some of
2: it so i'm not as into it as you are i'll tell you that right now <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's like yeah i love those guys and um and then you know like Blink 182, green day i got into all that and then then i discovered what this is it's weird then i discovered kiss you know and like now kiss is like my favorite band ever and you know it's just like that whole that whole vibe of just i don't know this rock and roll man it's just uh, I, you know i don't know it's just it's in my blood i can't you know i can't help it but um but, yeah, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. I'm just like I... – oh, oh, it's
0: okay. The other part is like what we were talking about Nikolai where we were talking about just concerts and how it's – th- it's like a therapeutic thing as well where people go and it's just they jump into a mosh pit and it just seems like it's absolutely chaotic, but it's just something that people do because they absolutely enjoy it and how it makes them feel in such a positive way where – hell, I mean, I've been to shows where all of a sudden – I'll use a perfect example. Right before the shutdown happened, I went to go see The Word Alive, Escape the Fate, and Falling in Reverse. Word Live goes on, and I just like find the mosh. I walk over there, I get in there, and within three seconds, a dude about like six, four, 270 pounds, just lays me flat on my back. And I just you see me go because <laughs> the wind goes straight out of me. But it felt so damn good because I've since like three people picking me right back up, and it was I was going crazy the whole rest of the night. It was fantastic. Just that, just that feeling of just I don't know what it is, but it's like. Any kind of like angry emotion that you might have just gets let go in such a impactful but also positive way if you look at it that way. So in terms of live shows, not only being up on stage, but also attending live shows, how do you feel there's like some sort of like a therapeutic and also positive reaction that not only fans have,
2: but also you have as well being on stage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know, like, being on stage, it's just like, it's kind of like I have, like, an out-of-body experience almost. Uh, it's like, I become, like, somebody different. I mean, I, it's it's me, though. It's like the real me. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm just, like, this shell, you know, but, like, when I get on stage, it's like, I become something that it's like, hey, this is me, and everything just, just goes away, and all it is is the audience and us on stage, and I don't know, it's just, it's so hard to describe, but but then yeah like going it's just yeah there's nothing like it there's nothing like just being in a room full of people and feeling and feeling that energy that everybody is just you're you're there for the same reason and like she like nikolai said you know before it's kind of like maybe everybody interprets the song differently But you're all there for the same reason. And all that energy is just projected. And it's just like a full circle kind of, you know, kind of thing. It's just, yeah, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it it has to come back. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it needs
1: to come back.
2: Yeah, I I have the sticker. It's like loud amps save lives. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's, it's so, you know, it's so true. I mean.
0: I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that sticker, and I agree as well. Yeah. Where it's just there's this family, there's this family vibe that comes from live shows as well. Because you go to live shows, and sometimes you go see the bands. It's the same venue, and you see the same people all the time. And mm-hmm. it's like now I haven't seen a bunch of these people in like eight nine months, and I miss these people because even though I had no idea what their names are, I know their faces, and I know how much fun we have in a mosh pit where all of a sudden. At one point, I might just hit, I might knock into someone and completely lay them out flat, and I'm picking them up right away. And all of a sudden, three minutes later, they might do the exact same thing to me. But at the end of the song, we're all high-fiving and giving each other bro hugs at the same time too, because everyone's super duper happy about it. There's this inherent family vibe where it doesn't matter where the hell you come from, what the hell you believe in. All that matters is is you have a positive correlation with that band. Might be a different reasoning, but I have that positive correlation as well. So. We all get behind that and everyone just has fun for a couple hours and all the bullshit of life just goes away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And now I want to jump over to Chris on this one to see, get his take on all this plus. Also, Chris, I want to know, how'd you get into rock music?
3: Um, well, uh, I remember my first album and I remember the, the day as clear as day. I was actually sitting in a swing in a tree in my backyard. It was very little. I remember looking at the Offspring Americana album. Ooh, nice into that sitting uh sitting underneath a tree and that's what kind of really got me into rock and roll and then uh while i was in school luckily enough there was this old jazz head uh drum professor who used to come into the elementary schools and middle schools and try to get kids to teach him lessons and uh for drums so i started kind of looking into this a little bit because the the recorder classes in school were boring the hell out of me so i started looking but and I, I really loved it and i i stuck with it um And uh, throughout learning with him, I started getting involved in The Who, which was one of his favorite bands, uh, rock bands. He also got me into a lot of the jazz stuff, but I really, my heart was set on punk music at first. It slowly started to grow. Eventually I got into heavier bands, uh, rock bands, uh, ACDC classic rock, stuff like that. And then it grew over into like dream theater and a little bit more technical kind of heavier rock. Um, and then from there, of course, as time progressed and uh, started to get better and better, I started to look for more and more challenging things. So I started getting more into technical metal, uh, Lamb of God, a uh, little bit stuff that was more complicated um, around those lines and uh, Slipknot, all that kind of stuff. So it slowly started to grow and grow and grow. It's still, it still evolves to this day.
0: I was going to say, especially when you're starting to talk about more of the complicated stuff like Lamb of God, talking about sometimes, as well, especially from a drummer aspect as well. Listening to the music that you guys have on Spotify right now with both. I got to make sure I get the names right. So I got to pull up Spotify with both Queen of the Dam and Broken Lies. I can tell some of that influence is coming in there as well from some of the stuff that you're doing. So I can well, easily see why that like trajectory happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some of my favorite drummers, especially uh, Jay Weinberg. I love what he did. I love Joey, but um, Jay's position and Slipknot is really um, I like how he artistically expresses himself i guess if that's the term so i, I love what he does there um uh, and i of course you know um chris adler and all those other guys yeah like, yeah they, they heavily influenced me and I, I try to use a little bit of that in the dev but not to the point where it's hey it's all about me you know what i mean like make it fit in the song you know
0: and that's the important part as well as it's what you're influenced by. You're going to end up bringing that into your music because that's what you listen to. That's what you're picking up on. That's what you grew up on. So like when you're learning to, when you're learning to play, you're most likely learning to play those songs at first because that's what you're interested in. So you're going to pick up on certain tendencies. You're going to pick up on certain constructions and how certain melodies fit into the songs. So that when you're writing your own music with the dev, it's like, okay, I don't want to be overpowered, but how can I mix some of this crazy stuff in there to maybe make it pop? like mix some crazy double bass hits in there, see how that works and not gonna lie, at times it does work out a hell of a lot.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Especially uh you know, at first there were things where like, you know, especially having that jazz background, I was always taught like when the guitar player solos to kind of stay back a little bit more and let them get their time to shine. But with this band, Ryan was the first to tell me like, dude, when I solo, I want you to fight me for the spotlight. And I'm like, really? But <laughs> like, Yeah, dude, like go crazy. I'm like, all right. So, you know, we we, we try to have this dynamic uh, between me and him when he's doing Like, who's going to go ahead and play better at that time? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and when that happens, too, you're going to get these contrasting styles where all of a sudden you're going to get this. What you're going to do might be completely different from what he's doing. So it's going to end up trying to pick apart from both sides. However, that's going to end up amplifying both what you're doing and both what Ryan's doing at the same time with his guitar part. So it just creates this whole entire contrasting feel that really makes both parts stand out. I mean, take a look at like what Bring Me the Horizon did on something like Kingslayer from this year where all of a sudden I'm just going to talk vocally where you had Ollie Sykes going with these just like super like sometimes like those deathcore vocals are just brutal. Even with some of those like more just higher pitch screams. So it's brutality that's there. But all of a sudden you hear Sue Metal from Babe Metal just come in with these like higher pitch clean vocals that are just more cutesy wootsy in a way. But mm-hmm. the contrast worked out so damn well where it can just amplify any part of the song when you do something like
3: that. Yeah, that's that's actually one of my uh, – I love that song. I just started getting into it recently, too. I know exactly which one you're thinking of, so
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I listened to that thing, like, I think twice today while I was working out, so.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess that's coming up more on our on our feeds and stuff now. Maybe they're promoting it. <laughs> I,
0: well, because they were promoting, like, the like the first four that really came out, like, at the beginning of – at the end of 2019, they were promoting Ludens, and all of a sudden it was Parasite Eve in June. Then September, they were promoting uh, Obey with Youngblood. And then they did, uh, right before the album dropped, they uh, released tier- the song Teardrops like a week before uh, post-human survival horror came out. So they were pushing that, but all of a sudden everyone jumped so heavily on Kingslayer because they went back to that like super duper hard style that they hadn't gone to since Seperturnal. But then all of a sudden you see the contrasting style with Bay Metal and the like quai Metal style, that cute metal, the J-pop influence in there. And just, it seems like a mix that shouldn't work at all, but the pacing is what kept everything together
3: yeah most definitely
0: i've talked about this i've talked about this a good amount i talked about this with uh sahaj from the band Ra a couple weeks ago <laughs> so we and he like produces a bunch of music now so we really got super in depth with all of it too it was like whole i was sitting there just like dude you're seeing it from a you're like you're feeling the same way i am but you're seeing it from a completely different light that's insane it was nuts, but how about this? How about enough of other people's music? Because why don't we focus on some of your music? Because that's why we're here. Damn it! <laughs> Sounds good. Now I feel like I'm getting. Now I feel like I'm starting to turn and like an old man. Like we're focusing on this one. Damn it! <laughs> so I want to focus on Queen of the Dam specifically because that right now taking a look at Spotify. Because even though I'm not the biggest fan of Spotify, everything like with numbers wise, it's really easy to look at. Right now, as I'm recording this, you guys have over 73,000 streams for that song, and it's the one that came out in 2020. So when it comes to Queen of the Damned, what was the inspiration behind this song? That's really what I want to know before we get into even more shit with it. Holy
1: shit, we're at 73 now? I didn't, yeah. even, <laughs> I didn't even realize
0: that. I'm looking at it right now. It's, the number is 73,057, so you guys probably just crossed it by the time we record this. However, by the time the Ooh. podcast comes out, I'm hoping it gets over that hundred thousand mark, but we'll see what happens.
1: God, I hope so too. Oh my God. That's awesome. It's, it's really interesting to like, I think the last podcast we did, I think we were just at 60,000. So hearing 73, is just kind of like, I, we don't, I don't like to look at numbers too much because I, I love the song too much. I don't want to ever think that if it doesn't have a certain amount of numbers that like, I didn't do good as a singer or a lyricist on the song, but it, it does feel really good to hear those numbers go up. Um, Queen of the Damned was most definitely just a breakup song. I mean, if you want me to be completely short about it, but this is a podcast, so probably the last thing I need to do is be short about it, do I? I'll put it this Um, way.
0: If you want to be short, if you want to be long, if you want to go in-depth with it, I mean, it's up to you. That's kind of how we roll on the podcast, where anything that happens, happens. But if you want to go super in-depth with it, because I did try and figure out the meaning of it as well. so
1: (laughs) I would love to hear your interpretations of what you think Queen of the Damned is about, actually. Because it's really interesting how people take the song very quite differently or quite literally.
3: Yeah, we want to know what you think about it. It doesn't matter what we think about it. Well, how about this? I'll tell
0: you what I think about Then we can see what you guys think about We can kind of do the whole compare-contrast style thing. Awesome. We'll make
1: it like a game.
0: Yeah. So if you see my head look over this way, it's because when I go in deep with songs and I really uh, look at them and try and figure them out, I always write everything down because – or type everything (laughs) out because – when it comes time for something like this or when I do album reviews, I don't want to forget or fuck it up in a way. So mm-hmm. I write everything down. So when it came to Queen of the Dam, what I thought it was about was I thought it was centered around a woman who doesn't care about the cookie cutter lifestyle that society wants to put her in and basically does whatever the hell she wants. That's what she wants to do. And again, while there might be people <laughs> that try and put her in that box that society does like, oh, you have to fit. You have to do this, this, this. Well, you don't really want to fit into that. You just don't care and just don't follow those rules and you make your own path.
1: For the most part, yeah. And like if we, oh my God, this would be very interesting. It's like a game. I've never seen someone tell me what they thought the song meant. It's always just me explaining what I wrote down. But for the most part, yeah. And to go a little bit more into depth because the girl is most definitely me. Um, Broken Lies, it was very more so about the initial breakup of a song. So a lot of girls feel like in the relationships, they have to be like that house mom or like that sweet girlfriend, so on and so forth. And don't get me wrong, being like 100% Albanian, first born in America, we do have this like mentality of like being very motherly and maternal. I definitely am in my band. Um, I'm like the band mom. But in Broken Lies, it was the direct breakup. Queen of the Dam, you're more so watching the aftermath of like when a woman gets burned, not a girl, but like when a full grown ass woman gets burned in a relationship and then she just goes, fuck it. Because the most, I consider, one of the most scariest things to see is like an extremely independent woman that doesn't give a fuck. Because it is very hard to tell like a pretty woman who has confidence, but also doesn't care about anything around her, what she can and cannot call her because I don't know about me. It's not like a feminist thing or anything, but like, I just feel like when you see a guy walk down in a suit of the city, like, he might look intimidating. He might look badass. But if you see a girl in latex pants, not giving a shit, and has confidence walking down too, I'd fear that bitch more than I'd fear the dude. So that's kind of the vibe that like the song has. So that's what it starts off with is that girl that was once broken, lies and broken hearted and wondering why she wasn't enough for the relationship to where she was like screw it I'm basically like an energy vampire from now on I don't give a fuck about anybody around me I hope I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast because I have
0: um (laughs) I'll I'll say this way before I even started like before we even like got into your uh full meaning of it like I think I said fuck like three or four times during my meeting so you can say anything you want I don't censor shit
1: Okay, awesome! Thank God, I got so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, did I just do that three times? Oh, I hope
0: not. Uh, and even if I, even if you did, I would put like potentially just put like the like bleeps in there. I mean, I'll put it this okay. way: if if for some reason I have to use that section for like promotional material, because trying to up, like put a lot of, like a video on, like on Facebook, like a promo video for for the podcast, like I ended up just bleeping out just to get past, you know, actually able to post it. But otherwise i like full on like when the audio stream comes out and the video comes out it's gonna be just what it is because that's the best way to have it i I don't want to filter anything out i don't want (laughs) to just suppress any kind of thing like if you curse if you swear who gives a shit
1: awesome awesome okay cool all
0: right so i want to jump to the other guys as well when it comes to queen the damn like how do you guys like when uh you first heard the first heard the lyrics of the song and first see what nikolai was trying to go for what did you guys think of it
3: I, mean, I thought it was rad I mean it made a lot of sense for what she was uh singing about you know and, and it fit the song really well um I thought it was a, an excellent idea for for what to write the song around normally when we're writing we 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 come up with like a um a general riff and then the rest of us kind of go ahead and expand on that riff until it becomes like a formatted song then we bring it to Liz and we're like here you know <laughs> let's uh make something with this, you know, and, uh, and, then she came up with that. And it was, it fit, it, it was rocking. And, you know, I think we all, I speak for everyone. We said, we, you know, we all loved it. It came out really good and I'm proud of what we did.
2: Already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yep. Sorry. Sorry. No, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, like I, you know, I, cause I, I'm a fan of, you know, like blues, blues rock and stuff. She's got that bluesy tone, you know, to the vocals and everything. And I, I you know, I love that. And what's funny is it's kind of like once, once hearing it and then realizing the story i was kind of like i was there for part of the story which was crazy before before i was in the band yeah and um so it's kind of like realizing realizing that hey you know what like i was kind of there before like during you know like when she was maybe getting lyric ideas like you know before i was even in the band that was that was pretty cool (laughs) cool to know but
1: that song is like almost like a narrative of like one specific night that was like my post breakup. And it was actually my birthday weekend. And um, Barrett wasn't quite in the band yet, but I knew of Barrett for a while because I feel like the music industry is like so small. Like when you're in a city like Orlando, everyone knows everyone in some sort of way. And I knew of Barrett (laughs) and I wanted to see him and his band then. Um, And, it was my birthday weekend and I literally wore a schoolgirl like mini skirt dress. I had thigh high leather boots on. I had like a dominatrix choker on and I wasn't even official with the dev yet. So I just looked like a a weirdo just dressing up in like such an ensemble. Like it looked like I should have been on stage, but I didn't quite have a stage. So my stage was literally going to be the city that night. And I was supposed to hang out with certain friends and a certain person. And instead, I just went out to downtown Orlando completely by myself. And and the first lyric of the song, it literally talks about same drink, but different name was because every bar I went to, I wouldn't have more than one drink. I just didn't want to be still, but I always wanted to be near people. But I didn't give a shit to know people too much too personally. I just wanted to feel like not alone, but also be alone. So I was literally just somehow getting free drinks from every single dude, because hello, I'm a girl in a schoolgirl outfit and like thigh highs and dominatrix chokers. So of course everybody wants to buy me a drink and I would just give different names out like every single time. And I actually met Barrett right before I hit downtown and I was, I invited him, but then he had to like pack up for his band. If Barrett would have gone, you never know, maybe the song would have been completely different and it would have been a song about how the band fully groups up, who knows but he was actually there the night that I was literally being queen of the damned herself. And then I ended up writing the song later on. It's kind of crazy.
0: This is is like the, like, like some twilight zone type (laughs) connection stuff, right? It really
1: was. And Barrett, that was the first song that Barrett jumped into the studio with us and recorded. So it was kind of interesting because he really likes country and he likes the whole bluesy vibe. And that song probably has the most blues and country vibe maybe one other songs that we have that we haven't really like recorded or gone out publicly with yet. But um, the one song that had that like bluesy country vibe, I feel like the one song that Barrett quickly jumped on and everything was the song that I wrote while I was literally talking to him and getting to know him as a friend. And then next thing you know, fast forward a couple months later and he's in the damn band and I'm literally writing a song about the night that I said hello to him, ditched him and went to downtown. Like, it's just, <laughs> It's a small world, but that's how you know things are supposed to click and be together.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, what was that old saying? It's like, if people are meant to be in your life, they're going to come back into it somehow. I think it was Mm -hmm. something like that. I don't know exactly the proper saying, because usually if I try and quote something either mess it up horribly or I met or like just I just tweak one word on an accent and it changes the meaning of the quote completely so <laughs> not gonna quote it exactly, but it's something around that nature and it seems like that did happen here with Barrett and I want to jump to John on this one real quick because I want to get hit because I've gotten everyone else's takes. I want to get John's take on Queen them like what did you think of the song when you first started working on it and when you first like got a full scope of the meaning behind it and how that relates to the music that's being played alongside the lyrics well, Ryan and I
4: uh, originally had worked on that together, like or real, like before we even met Li- uh, Nikolai and, and had her in the band. So that was one that we were, you know, we were kicking around because Ryan and I used to be in a band called "I Woke Up Early for My Funeral," and when that band fell apart, uh, him and I stuck together. Um, I was in another project too, um, just to stay busy and keep playing. But um, I just kept jamming with him, and we were just—we never stopped writing you know, from, from when that band broke up. And this was one, this song was actually called thrill of thrill of it all originally. And now we have another song uh, that we play live. that's called thrill of it, but that one was, that one had a completely different name. I think it was, uh, uh, I forget what the heck it was called. It it had a different name though. So weird as above, that was it. That was, (laughs) so as above became thrill of it and thrill of it all became queen of the dam when Nikolai wrote her lyrics to it. So, and it was really cool. Well, when she described the story um, about the lyrics and explained the whole meaning behind them to us, I thought, that, I thought just like Chris said, I thought it was an awesome idea, it was badass. It was really cool, it's real. And, and I, I really enjoy uh, lyricists who can write stories and tell a story with their, with their words when they're singing because it, it just, it makes it that much more special. It's, you know, it's, you, know you, you, can, you can spit rhymes a mile a minute, but do the rhymes have any meaning? Uh, mm-hmm. behind them and this is something that actually has meaning behind it it's a it's a real situation that's something that somebody went through and again as she's mentioned and you've mentioned it's something that people can interpret any way they want to and take a piece of it with them uh which is really cool and it's really great so you know i, I love her voice i love what she does in the band i love how she how she writes so it's uh, you know just to uh you know just to reiterate that <laughs> everything is, uh, every, everything's great with, with the way it, it turned out. And, you know, when Barrett jumped in on it and started playing, it just, it, everything came together really well. And, uh, the, you know, when we recorded it in the studio, everybody did a great job with all their parts. So, you know, we're really pleased with the way it turned out and sh- shit, 73,000
0: spins already on Spotify. It's great. And again, oh my God. I was, was going to say, and I, I know, uh, I said like with numbers, you don't just want to constantly look at them. Because, you know, it's like, oh, why isn't this song doing as well as the others? But it's mm-hmm. kind of, I kind of like that mentality. Because then when people bring up the numbers, all of a sudden it's like, okay, the last one was at this. And all of a sudden, holy shit, now we're at like 73,000. All, all of a sudden, the next podcast, you're going to be like, yeah, this is at 110,000. you're going to be looking and be like, yeah, just having like one yeah. of those insane moments. But to jump on something that John said, and I want to just add more to it from a fan's perspective. And it's just when you talking about, you know, how people take a piece of the song with them. And it all depends upon how the lyrics are written and how I say that is there are times where songs go super, like, even though you're talking about like a specific night and kind of a specific story,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: don't tell it in a way where it's so specific that it's not like if you just like, you, it's not like you, if you went through it, that's the only way you can relate to it. If you went through something exactly like that, the way you wrote yeah. it was you tell the story, but it's, it's, it's not super specific to where it's open to interpretation where people can take different meaning from it and make it easily be easily more relatable to their own lives or something that they went through. And then the sound that's produced from the song ends up giving the feeling of what they went through a tangible thing to explain And someone's like, okay, so what it feel like when, you know, you felt like you had went through a breakup and all of a sudden you felt this power that you could just go and be kind and do whatever you want. It's like, Oh, listen to queen of the dam. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. So you can get something exactly like that. It. Cause if you go too specific, you're, you're limiting the amount of people that can really get into it. But if you go too broad, and you go way too like metaphorical in a way uh, that I've seen some bands do. It's really hard to get in because I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I think with Queen of the Dam, the best way to describe it, I didn't necessarily write about my actions. I wrote about my habits and um, the way to just dis- like, in order to get more into detail with that is, you can say I closed the door on a Tuesday and that's going to be quite so literal that like, unless that person was closing the door on a Tuesday, they're not going to get the song. I wanted to write more so about the habits that I was doing that night and then other nights also. So it wasn't just that night that I was giving out false names so I wouldn't have to get into deep conversations. And the lyric where it says, if I could have you, I would have you like a shot like Jack, Jim and Jose crew. It wasn't even, you don't have to literally take it as Jack, Jim and Jose as dudes but literally as the drinks, because I feel like everyone's gone through that one phase where they just have like one too many drinks. And whether you're drinking Jack, Jim or Jose, you're drinking one of those three damn things. So I, I always loved to write lyrics that could be a possible double meaning onto it. Cause I don't ever want to subject my audience members to like ever have to force themselves to understand where I'm coming from. Like we are releasing a song called um, shameless life quite soon, probably in February and, ooh, plot twist. I don't think we've ever, like, actually, like, disclosed, like, disclosed that information. But we're going to be releasing a song quite soon in next year. And the song is, for me, about the obsession of wanting to do music and wanting to do it for the rest of my life. But with Shameless Life, you could literally take that as a tattoo artist. You could take that as a writer. You could take that as any kind of artist in general. And literally just, you can take the lyrics as just the general struggles in order to be an artist in this day and age and so that's what I always try to do my music and songwriting about and it's it's really hard and I kind of beat myself up on it a lot because I know Queen is not necessarily a deep song and I didn't want it to be like I don't want every song I ever released to be something that you're in your car crying like you're like listening to Sam Smith or something he's amazing but like I always wanted to have like a, a really like fun pump me up song which Queen of the Damned is like my pussycat versions of me. And then I'm gonna have like that, like sadder Sam Smith version of me. And then you never know me, I'm gonna get like a really like gothic Amy Winehouse version coming out soon too. I just, I always wanna have a song that it's not meaning just one thing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Queen, I was really happy when I saw dudes banging to it and they were like, damn, this is a hot bitch. And they didn't even get the concept that this chick was like literally not about them. But then I also had chicks listening to it and they're like, that bitch is me. So that's what I was really happy about. And I think that's the one thing that I was nervous about because if people didn't like it, then they're literally saying that they don't like my like emotional trauma because that's literally what that song was about. It was just me dealing with emotional trauma. It was funny, but it was a very good song and I would never take it back. It's probably my favorite to this day.
0: Understandably so. And you can see again, like the connection that all of a sudden, how women are taking it, how guys are taking it are two completely different ways. But the fact of the matter is, is everyone's getting into it in a positive way, because again, that's just how they relate to it. And we we're talking about with uh, shameless, like the one that's coming out sometime in 2021, hopefully early 2021, because who the hell knows what's happening anymore. No. Urgh, can you COVID, but when you're talking about just kind of going into music <laughs> and kind of just going against the grain and all the struggles that artists go through, that can relate to a lot of people who might not be artists, but are trying to go for something that mm. maybe isn't in the like safe, like the safe route that maybe their parents had for them. Like instead of the going Absolutely. to college, getting a job in like a corporate environment, getting health benefits, finding uh, finding a partner, getting married, having a couple of kids, buying some shit, moving to Florida and die. I literally pulled out the cards against humanity card for that right then and there. And I'm so happy I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> but what I mean by that is like, there's a lot of people that are tr- that are going through those struggles. Like they want to do something else, but there's a lot of pressure from people around them from maybe their parents, maybe their loved ones, maybe their significant other, And maybe even just like their friends at the same time as well. That's like, okay, you know, they're trying to like, kind of like slowly push them into that, you know, cookie cutter kind of lifestyle in a way. And it's, it could be about the struggle to get out of that and do something for themselves. There's a lot of people that feel something like that. Well, it might not necessarily be music. It might be something even more different, even more wacky, but the feeling of that is going to be what's relatable.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm really excited about the song too. I feel like with a lot, a lot of times nowadays, if you're an artist, you kind of have to be full of yourself and not necessarily full of yourself. but You have to be confident because it's very hard just to be able to do anything and be able to express yourself to a certain degree. And half the time, you don't feel like you're being listened to or you're being appreciated as an artist until you finally get those few people that appreciate your, your art for what it is. So I'm sure to the people who are not listening to music, they're gonna see like maybe a narcissist girl talking about her desperation of being on stage and getting attention, right? So I know that there's people that's gonna take that song and view it like that, and that's perfectly fine. And then there's gonna be people who are those tattoo artists and are those lyricists and those bandmates and whatnot where they won't hear the narcissism or the desperation more so, but just like the eagerness and the drive to feel communication and connection. And so that's, I'm even by far more excited for that because it was the fourth song. It's going to be our third song release. It was the fourth song that I ever wrote for the band. And that song was probably one of the harder songs for me to write because I didn't want to come off like needy. but in a weird way, when you love something so much. And I know a lot of people who are into music, who enjoy listening to music and play music you almost are needy to a degree. Like I can't listen, I can't drive a car without having a blasting. I can't, you know, take a shower, put on my makeup without music playing. So when I sing certain lyrics in the chorus, where it sounds like I'm almost begging for attention, it literally is like that to a degree where like us bandmates, we really need to do those shows because it makes us feel so good. Just like people really need to go to those shows because it makes them feel good. So I'm hoping that when the song releases, I pray to God that, like, we'll actually have live concerts so then people can sing along the choruses with us because it, you'll really get to feel the vibe. I just, I'm excited for that song in general. It really does mean a lot to me. Clean of the Damned was, like, the letting go of a lot of baggage and whatnot. Shameless Life is just being completely raw and honest about how artists are constantly in search for connection and being able to get some kind of gratification that, like, what they're doing is great because... Mom and dad doesn't support you going on like Florida to become an artist and your grandmothers never understand why you're fully tattooed and shredding a guitar, but to you yourself, you have to be confident and you have to be kind of full of yourself because you're your number one fan until you finally get some. And the only way to actually do that is to be confident and to fight for what you love. And that's by far what Shameless Life is.
0: Yeah, and then right. when and then when the time finally comes, where all of a sudden you do get a chance, where all of a sudden okay, now you got to that, you reach your goal, you're you got all those you got a bunch of fans, and potentially you're touring the entire United States or even touring the world at that point, and all of a sudden those people that looked on you as like you know oh why are you doing this oh this you should be going the safe route then they're looking it's like oh I knew them from back in the day like they're gonna be kind of change their overall tone because of that success, and the whole entire reason why you're so successful is because you never gave up on. What you want to do in life, and you never let any of that bullshit kind of enter in your headspace and influence your decisions.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting because if you see a person graduate college, like sum cum laude, and walk around cocky with a diploma in their hand, they're not being like narcissistic or cocky or full of themselves. They're just, you know, they've invested in themselves and they have a reason to be what they are. But if you see a musician that won't stop talking about its equipment, won't stop talking about the journeys and why they wrote a song. Everyone's like, oh my God, get over yourself. Well, us as musicians, not just my band, but every other band in general, we put a lot of heart into that shit. So we're not not shouting up about our music because we're full of ourselves. We're not shutting up about our music because it's not just the class that we go nine to five. It's like our lifestyle. Like we love it and this is all we do. So I wanted to kind of portray that a little bit in the song where like this is us, it's a shameless life.
0: Yeah, and I think and my end too, like I where I can relate to that on my end is just because like when I graduated college, I went into the corporate world as well and and like from two, because this was at the beginning of 2017. From beginning of 2017, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I got the world out in front of me. This is going to be great." Yeah. By the end of 2017, I was just <laughs> this depressive mess. Like my life had completely fallen apart. It was bad. And one of the main re- one of the um, one of the main reasons uh, that that happened where there's two main reasons. One was a breakup that happened at the middle of the year, which kind of spiraled as added to all this, but it was working in a corporate environment, just like the lack of creativity, just like that cookie cutter Mm -hmm. lifestyle. I absolutely freaking hated it. Like I couldn't stand it. I'm like, I've got to do something for myself. And that's how this whole entire thing started. That's how this whole podcast ended up starting was from initially from that idea of like, I just got to do something for myself and a lot of people, not gonna lie, at first were like, oh yeah, that's cool, and just didn't really care. And all of a sudden I've got friends that are looking at the pocket, like, you interviewed who? I'm like, yep, that's who I got. And all of a sudden, like, holy shit, man, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just having yeah. fun with it. But it's like, and I don't stop talking about it either, like with a musician talking about their music. I, it's the same, it's it's a similar kind of concept because I'm just so damn ex- yeah, excited about this stuff. And it's like exactly it's so passionate. It's like this is like what I this is what I love to do. But instead, I know there's people that are out there that you know, they go graduate college, get their degree. They go and get a job at maybe some big corporate firm. They climb the, the corporate ladder and they're all proud of that, which is completely fine. If that's what you want to do, by all means, go and do it. I don't care that that's what makes you happy. But it's kind of it's kind of like that's acceptable in a way in society. But when it comes to music and art, it's like it's not acceptable until you make it big. It's like, come on, it's, it's all the it's same like thing.
1: The- it's like a baby. You have to be proud of it while it's little and nurture it and like really take care of it. And then eventually when it grows up, you know, you no longer have to speak for it. It speaks for itself. And so that's what a lot of musicians have to do and what a lot of artists in general have to do. You have to honestly nurture it and baby it and talk about it. I mean, I say this for myself, I can't really speak for the band, but like what I can tell you is my bandmates each have already more experience than I do in music by far. Like Barrett, John, Chris, Ryan, they've been in music way, 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 way longer than me. And I wasn't much of a singer until maybe shoot honestly when I was like 16, 17. So I've been doing it what for four, or five years? eight years, six years something like that I can't even think now 16, 18, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19. yeah so like six, seven years. And I haven't been doing it for a while because there's people that have been singing since they were like nine. but it was just a constant reoccurring thing that I noticed and then join my first real band and really investing myself into it and being honored to like play with John and play with Barrett and play with Chris and Ryan. It was like, Oh shit. Like this is like a thing. And people will look at you like you're like a dick when you talk about your band so highly. And it's like, dude, I'm proud. So I wanted to write that song more so to show people like, Hey, come out to these shows because you're supporting music. And this is what you're supposed to do. But like B, you know, as much as it's like a drug for me, you know i need to be that cocky loud arrogant asshole and talk about my music because if i don't who else is going to you're not going to find new music like that if everyone's quiet about it that's that's pointless and <laughs> what are you doing so
0: i'll say that is a great way to look at it too and when it, i'm that's why i'm looking even forward more to hearing that song because just hearing just this <laughs> confidence and vibrato that you guys are talking about the song with i mean i can tell there's gonna it's gonna be in there and even take a look at what happened with the queen of the dam as well like in terms of not only the lyrics and the vocals, but also within the instrumentals as well, there's this certain vibrato that's added to it that has this power that just really drives forward with that, just, I'm here. You should be listening to this shit kind of feel.
3: Yeah, man, definitely. And, uh, it, you know, it's probably one of our heaviest songs that is coming out, and I'm, I'm super stoked to, to finally release it, hopefully in the beginning of next year. But, you know, it's funny, you mentioned about how you started the podcast. I actually had a similar thing happen to me and about uh, how I changed my career around. I was was cooking in kitchens about, what was it, like 60 hours a week, um, Mm. and I was hating my life. I had horrible managers, I had everything about just wanting to give up on everything. And I had a degree in jazz performance, I had a degree in music education, and I was sitting there wondering why the hell I wasn't doing it with my life, and eventually I had so much, uh, I had gotten so fed up, and I was like, screw the shit, I left, um, I started teaching music. I started working in music stores. I started playing in bands. Eventually I found the dev and stuff has, has started, uh, doing really well for me. So yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. Sometimes you just need that kick in the pants to get your ass in gear and do what you need to do, you know? Oh, easily. You, it's,
0: it, and it's all depends upon what I've seen as a very consistent thing is just when people realize that, that cookie cutter lifestyle and just like, you know, working nine to five or working, working for somebody else. And all of a sudden just going home maybe watching TV, going to sleep, and then doing it all over again, realizing that they don't want to do that. It's just like when that moment happens, that's usually when all of a sudden something great comes out of it because then you start thinking, what do I want to do with my life? What what actually makes me happy? And then you start putting yourself in position for things to come your way that make that happen. So all of a sudden, like, with, like Chris, with you, all of a sudden you're starting to put yourself out there more and then you get connected with the dev and all of a sudden, boom, here you are.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, I couldn't be happier now that I made that decision. I can't see uh wait to see where everything takes us, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure uh Barrett and John could probably attest to that as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just like with anybody that that, that feels that way that they, you know, they're they're fed up, they're fed up with the 9 to 5. They, you know, they know that they're born for something greater well number one that's gonna that's you know if you don't do something about it it's gonna haunt you to the day you die it's just it's gonna keep coming around and then it's gonna be what it could have should have and you don't want it you don't want to be that person and the bet you know you know never give up and i mean the best advice for that is fill the fear and go for it i mean just you know it, it really it's cliche it's it's all this cliche shit that people say like you know you know, it's just, you know, never give up and all this stuff. But, and, and they always say like that your, what is it? Your life is on the other side of your comfort zone. Well, it's mm-hmm. not only cliche, but it's true. I mean, it really is true. I mean, just like, you know, it's, you know, uh, you just, you just got to do it. You know, if you want to do it, just, just do it.
0: <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say when it, when it comes to cliches, it's just like, they're said all the time, but there's gotta the reason they're said all the time is because there's gotta be some truth behind them. It's even like when mm-hmm. people tell you, it's like, oh, just be like, and always be yourself, like be confident in who you are, and find that, and it feels like, oh no, that's not that's not gonna work. It's like, well, honestly, it does. If just you have this yeah. just inherent like feeling like you are confident in who the hell you are, it's gonna lead you so many different places in life that you wouldn't imagine. I mean, like I said, like when I was going through like 2017. It was like I didn't even want to get up and go anywhere because I just hate, like, hated my life and hated who I was. I was not confident at all. All of a sudden, you see two years later in 2019, I'm traveling over to Croatia and to Amsterdam completely by myself because why the fuck not?
1: Yeah, yeah
2: right. exactly.
0: So I want to hear John's take on this too because uh, what would you have to say about this whole entire thing with just, you know, always having the confidence to go forward and do what you want oh, to yeah. do and not letting just that. Other influences kind of restrict you on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always had decent jobs, but
4: music has always been there in terms of, you know, because I was in the military. I went to college. I, I didn't get my bachelor's degree. I got a two year degree, but um, I've always had decent jobs. But I've always I've, I, after I got out of the military, I picked I picked up bass and I want because I wanted to play. I had some friends that told me uh, I, uh, I had two friends that uh, when I was in the Marines that I'd come down here to Florida to visit and they were always in bands. Uh, even when we were in high school and stuff, and I, I looked at them one day and I said, "Hey, if I was going to be in a band, what instrument do I look like I would play?" And they both looked at each other, they looked at me, they looked at each other again, and at the same time, they both said bass. So I had about two years left in the military at the time, and I was like, "Well, when I get out, I'm going to get a bass." So I got out, I got my first bass, and I started playing. And then I, eventually, I, I got uh, had a bunch of friends that that were also musicians, and uh, I finally started jamming with people, and I started buying more gear and. I started, you know, having to learn on the fly. I've always been a very fast learner. So having to learn how to play, you know, in bands without any formal music training, didn't go to school for, for uh, to learn, it. didn't really take a lot of lessons for bass. I just kind of picked it up on my own. But, you know, it just I, every, every time I was in a band, if that band fell apart, I'd get in a, a band with people that were better than me so that I'd have to step my game up. And <clears throat> I, a lot of people that I've played in bands with, they're not playing music anymore, but I still am because I've always had the desire and drive that i want to play music it's what i want to do and that's why i haven't quit and i've been doing it for a while um ryan and i've been doing it for for quite a long time but at the same time you know it's what we love and you're gonna do what you love to do if you don't then you're gonna be miserable you're gonna be unhappy and i you know who wants to feel that way you know i don't i you know i want to be happy i uh, i lost 100 pounds in three years so nice. and i was you know i was miserable um during that time, you know, cause I'm still playing music and stuff and doing whatever. But, you know, now that I've lost all this weight, you know, it's kind of reinvigorated me and, and pushed my passion even further to keep doing it and to keep going. Cause now I know the health risks aren't there. <laughs> like, you know, I can, I can do a hell of a lot more. I can play a hell of a lot longer than I could uh, in the past. And we played that show on the 24th. I did a back-to-back set. Uh, Chris, Chris's other project asked me to fill in on bass. So I played a set with, with his band and then we played the set with the dev. So it was like, you know, could I have done that, you know, a couple, a year ago, probably. I would have been hating life at the end of the night, but at the end of the night when we were done playing, I was like, shit, let's, I, I could play for two more hours. So, uh, but it's your passion that drives you, you know, your passion, uh, pursue, you have to pursue your passion at the end of the day. And, and music has always been a passion of mine. And, and yeah, it is a cliche that, uh, never give up, never surrender, you know, whatever. But you know, that's, that's what drives you. That's what pushes you. So it's, you know, I, I, I if i couldn't play music it would kill me it would literally kill me because it's the one thing at the end of the day that i have that just it makes me happy
0: and that's really what life is about is just finding what makes you happy and going forward with it because i got a little anecdote for that too where it's this was about a week before we shot this where my best friend it was he went down to this bike shop that he works at and it was gonna be his last day there for a while because him and his girlfriend were going to go and travel to Arizona on a road trip and just basically nomad around for like two weeks, I think it was, and then come back here. And then him and one of his other friends are going to go do a bike trip all, all December throughout uh, South, the Southeastern United States. Then in January, he's going over to Hawaii to work on a farm for like a month and a half. And it's just like doing all this crazy travel stuff, having a great time doing it, and I've heard some people kind of be like, oh, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to do. And I'm like, I looked at him, I started laughing. I'm like, you're literally living the life that you want to live. You're doing what makes you happy. And we kind of, we were laughing about it. He's like, yeah. He's looked at me. He's like, you know what? You too. I'm like, and I said, you know what? There's some I've seen. It's like, there's people that kind of talk. It's like, oh, well, you think that should be a really good thing? Or just kind of get loud about what they're doing, but they're always interested in what we're doing because we're the ones that are kind of seem like we're living what we want to do. Like we're really driven on, on the, what it's passionate about. Us. So we're trying to make what our dreams are and what our goals are, yeah. a reality. And it's similar with you guys in the dev here as well, because hearing your stories about this, I mean, it just adds fuel to that fire.
1: Yeah. Honestly, you got people that are preoccupied with taking the cute selfie for Instagram while we're just like literally recording our day-to-day lives. Like people always think we sound so interesting or, are so interested in our Instagram accounts because, um, like I'll just be posting things about like me singing or Barrett's posting things on his guitar. And it's like, dude, this is just what we do. And I have had people like mention that people from me, that knew me from high school, know me now. Like they've even said that the very big differences, like personality wise, when you get to do something that you love, or for the most part, when you get the balls to allow yourself to do yeah. something that you love. Um, that's, honestly, when you're the happiest. And I I say the balls because honestly, anyone's able to do whatever that they want. Some people genuinely love math and they'll be accountants. And if they have the balls, they'll own their own firm, so on and so forth. I just didn't think that I had the balls to do music and I never was serious about it. I think my first real talent show, I was 14, 15. So I was definitely considered a late bloomer in like the music scene because I feel like everybody else, especially in this band even, They've all had like a lot of experience in it. I just didn't. But when you get the balls, you just grab them and you go for it. And a lot of the people that I think of people watch on the internet and everything and they're like, Oh my God, why are they so happy or whatever? It's not because they're doing anything special. It's not even because they have a special job or anything. They're just doing what they like. And that's it.
0: I have to totally agree with you on that as well. And one thing I do want to make sure for everyone that's listening out there is we're not talking specifically about like going and doing music. It's whatever you're passionate about, whatever makes you happy and if that's what you want to do, literally go for it. I've got a friend. He's Amen. Getting, I've got a friend. He's getting married at the beginning of October in 2021. And he cuts metal for a living. He lives a nine to five lifestyle. He ha- he owns a house. He has a dog. Him, him and his, his uh, fiance, they live together and they're going to be getting married. And this dude is happier than all hell. And I look at him and I think, how can I not look at that and call that a success? Like that is a success because the dude is happy as shit. He's living the life he wants to live. And I look at my best friend, it's like, the dude's doing what he wants to. I'm looking at me, I'm doing what I want to do. How the hell, and we're all happy doing it. How the hell can you not call that success? So it doesn't have to be specific to like music or specific to something creative. It can be whatever the hell you want it to be, as long as that's what you want to do.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's something so simple. Like, think about it. If your job is not something that you love, you'll make time for it regardless. And I think a lot of people get nervous about that too. Like, how am I going to make a living off of it? And it's not necessarily if you have to make a living off of it is can you just find time for it, you know? I know a lot of people that maybe loved makeup and they're not going to be hair and makeup artists, but, like, they find that little corner in their room and every day they find a way to stylize themselves. So when they walk out of their front door, they're presenting themselves the way the world wants to see them. And something so simplistic like that can really just give you harmony in order to, like, move on with your day and move on with your life and be happy. You know, we just so happen to... uh go a little bit on the more extreme route and said fuck it let's do a rock band but not everyone has to be that extreme it's just you know finding something that you like and allowing yourself to have that little piece of heaven every day or so however often it may be a week just to like stay happy
0: it, it absolutely a hundred percent have to agree with that and it's just especially in this whole entire pandemic state of the world that we're in right now I think mm-hmm. that reigns supreme because as different parts of the of this United States are either shutting down right now or shut down right now, it's just like finding that little bit of happiness, whatever it might be, whatever makes you happy. It's very important right now because you don't yeah. want to fall into that trap of just all of a sudden basically going through the motions of life because you only get one shot at life. Why, why waste exactly.
1: it? And you don't even know how long that shot is. That's the scary thing. <laughs>
0: yeah so make the most of it while you can because the shot could be 10 years the shot could be 50 years hell you could make it to 105 and still be rocking like crazy <laughs> it could it could
2: happen hey look at it hey, yeah look at the rolling stones i mean come on man yeah he's
0: still <laughs> alive man that's, that's that's one thing i'm wondering how the hell in 2020 have we lost guys like alex trebek but somehow keith richards is still kicking and this is not a knock on keith richards the person it's the fact that he's, he's used so many drugs over the past, like, 50 years. How has nothing taken him out yet?
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe I mean, it, I, like, preserved him.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. He, he's pickled. He's pickled now, you know, <laughs> yeah it's just like it, like it's like i saw those guys i saw those guys i went with my mom and uh was it 2018 i think in jacksonville and and at the at the football stadium up there you know sold out i mean you know like eighty thousand people, people every show that they do and those guys just like two hours they play for two hours and you would never think well especially uh mick jagger you would never think the guy's like almost 80 years old i mean he's he's in better shape than most like like 20 year olds i mean it's it's insane so yeah, i don't know maybe it's because they do what they love that,
4: that's <laughs> so, gotta that that keeps gotta, them alive
2: that's gotta be yeah. it. just that, that they got terrible. the
4: money to really take care of themselves at that at this point in their life yeah. they're, they're, they're very wealthy they can have personal trainers they can have you know personal chefs everything you know they they have the money to get themselves fixed if something gets broken they can go to a good hospital and get it taken care of so that
0: that helps out a lot too it does help out a lot, but it does but what again, they've had some. I'm gonna much bank, bank on something.
1: the preservation stuff more actually. I'm Especially gonna bank with on the Keith pickling. Richards.
3: After <laughs> uh, after the apocalypse, the only thing left will be cockroaches and Keith Richards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh
2: my god
0: yeah i think that basically sums it up like, tw- like 2020 the only it's keith like Keith
1: richards if you hear this we love you <laughs> like, we we'll yeah, love absolutely. you it's a it. compliment Let's in add. the Let's most manner. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll say yeah. that's how we know if in this pandemic if we're going to be ultimately screwed is if keith richards dies no oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so keith please somehow stay in this pickled state stay preserved for, so we know we can get through this
1: Oh, yeah. watch like Lil Vicky's pickles or something sponsor him. If that's the case, we need to get our pay cut from this.
0: Yeah, I want, I, I
2: want critics for that. Yeah, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Barrett, you have to. Get, I'm, I'm gonna make sure, like, even in the description of this podcast, that people see like, and Barrett, <laughs> if Barrett makes a note about Keith Richards. Yes, he cultivated a pickled state, but it's hilarious. So trust us.
2: Oh my god, I'm gonna <laughs>
0: I'm be saying that for days, weeks, months, years. I'm gonna bring it up on Thanksgiving to people and just see what the hell happens. Yeah, <laughs> well let's, make, let's make
2: a shirt. Let's make a shirt, you know? Come on. Ooh, it could be like like pickle rick, but it have Keith Richards face, you know? Like and something like
1: that. Oh my god, uh, yes.
2: I don't know. I, I mean if I do something like for all the like
0: my social media page on for this as well, like I have like a Keith Richards like check-in every single week, like like coronavirus check. Is Keith Richards alive? Yes. Okay, yeah. we still have a shot. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I, then I, and then I hope that God all of a sudden, like, I don't see them. Like, Keith Richards has passed away. I'd be like, we're all screwed, everybody. Run! <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the sure. one guy. That, you know how people do those, uh, they have the death
4: list or whatever, the, uh, the, death, the death pool, the celebrity death pool. You know, he's probably the one guy that, like, nobody wants to pick. Like nobody uh, wants yeah, to no. play Keith Richards because it's just it's not going to happen. It's just not yeah. going to happen. I swear. Well, like I, think,
1: old... I think but, we're good because I, I think the last like uh Mayan or Egyptian calendar had Keith Richards as like the final apocalypse. But, like we were good for like a, a good solid thousand years. So we're very Gucci. We're <laughs> Gucci. He's just going to exist until we all don't.
0: Yeah. The, well, like Chris said, like the, there's three things that are that's going to survive the uh, nuclear apocalypse. Cockroaches twinkies and keith richards yep <laughs> i don't want to know what happens to humanity after that because if it's up to keith richards
2: to repopulate the earth Honestly, it'll just be, it, be it'll just be all women is all it will be you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> women and guitars <laughs> oh but you forgot the drugs man there's gonna be drugs somewhere Yeah. I, you know, I, I honestly, I I really think the guy's clean now. I think they all, I mean, they have to be, I mean, I don't, I, maybe not. I mean, maybe I'm like, full. they have to keep up
1: with that pickling process, bro. Yeah.
2: Maybe so. Yeah.
1: You got to constantly change out that like fermentation liquid. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: they might just bathe in like an Illuminati level vat of it. Just like sitting there for like three hours a day. Just like, (laughs) this is how we preserve ourselves
2: oh my god uh, they
0: probably have those blood
4: cleaning machines where they hook it up to you and it cleans your blood and like puts it right back in your body i'm sure i'm, I'm pretty sure they, yeah.
0: they, they have to have those mm-hmm. what was it like dialysis machines
4: yeah pretty much i mean it's just it takes your blood out cleans it and puts it right back in your body
2: if you ever watched
4: did you ever see the movie um rock star rock yeah yeah that's what uh that's what uh jason bonham was having done while he was laying on the fruit while well, they were uh, backstage at an mtv thing he was getting his blood cleaned out no, really? he was like my liver don't work like your
0: like it used to <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna have to watch it because i've not seen that ever so that's on me that's on me it's a great movie oh yeah i might have to check it out like right after this podcast be like all righty let's just let's just start working on this let's record, let's edit everything up and let's run all the video all the audio all right now i'm watching this movie it's kind of like a it's 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 indirectly about judas priest But it's
4: not Judas Priest, but it's kind of like what that band went through with Rob Halford coming out and then them bringing in somebody from a tribute band that could sing just like him. Um, So it's kind of like it's it's indirectly about that, but they don't say
0: it outright. But if you know the history of Judas Priest, then you can kind of put two and two together. It's a good movie. Interesting. I definitely will have to check that out because I mean, if it's like a like a proxy Judas Priest story, who wouldn't want to see that? yeah
4: Yeah, the names are changed different actors it's again it's not exactly like it but it's kind of it kind of follows what happened with judas priest a little bit but it's again it's it's a it's a it's a different movie um it is fictitious but it does kind of tell a little bit of of the judas priest story with with rob halford when he left the band
0: lbv inspired by judas priest the story yeah kind of i mean pretty much yeah hey i mean it's good source material what can you say but just just all of a sudden, wait, you know, it like 10, 20 years, we going to make a biopic about the dev. Hey, Joe. Let's do it. <laughs> they would, I mean, you, you never know. There's stuff like that happens all the time. It can it can happen. I'm And taking a look at like rock and metal right now, because I've brought this up on a number of occasions, I'm starting to see more pop artists like say, hey, we want to try and do a rock album. They want to try and do a metal album. It's like, huh, why yeah. do they want to do that? Machine
1: I'm- Gun Kelly, I think, like it's been doing like a lot of like, punk stuff punk rock stuff yeah and like he, lady he, gaga's renditions of music have gone a little bit more towards the country and even rock um era now she's getting a little bit back into like the disco but there was like a little bit where she was definitely hitting rock and roll miley cyrus is definitely going a little bit more on the rock and roll vibe and I've, that i am personally I'll living for
0: i'll say so. i actually want to get you all of your takes on this because i would i've been thinking about this for the past couple of days and i brought this up on a recent live stream I did with a couple of our followers. And I'm like, and it seemed to really seem like interesting. So you see people like Machine Gun Kelly with the pop punk album and it's at, like, it's solid. I'm not the biggest fan of his vocals on it, but overall in the fact, I do think it's solid. You got young blood on that. Bring me the horizon track that worked out in my opinion really well. You had, mm-hmm. you even had Halsey on one of those MGK tracks and it, she really sounded like she could be a pop punk female vocalist. And it just, absolute perfection on that sound like Haley Williams even. Then you see other people like uh Miley Cyrus wanting to do a rock album and some awards show that recently happened. I don't even know awards show but Doja Cat did some like metal thing with her show. And I'm wondering why are some of these pop artists starting to go more away like trying to do more stuff with rock and metal. Like why is this happening? And I think I kind of figured it out and it's because while right now in the overall scheme of the popular culture, rock and metal really isn't that popular on the forefront like when people when when you look at pop culture you ask them to name rock band people are naming like maroon five and imagine dragons and for me <laughs> i'm just like oh no <laughs> but the reason why i'm saying this is why why some of these bands are trying to go more into like some of this or some of these poppers are trying to go more rock and metal some of the hard stuff like what mgk did is because there's my opinion is right now there's so much real substance there people are creating incredibly real raw emotional stuff And people in rock and metal are really connecting with The fans are really connecting with it incredibly well. And because of that, they want to venture into that because that's where the realness is. And when they're still going to be making real music, instead of just maybe having pop music, all of a sudden they write the lyrics and all of a sudden you have like 20, 30 people coming up with all these weird backing tracks. Or I'm like, you know, you get something that's more original, something that's more emotionally connected to you through writing that music. And then all of a sudden what's going to end up happening is the kids, like the the Zoomer generation that they're calling it. Now I'm starting to feel old by saying the Zoomer generation. It's all, it's all the kids that are teenagers right now. That's the best way to put it. Like, they're going to start getting into it. And all of a sudden, what's going to end up happening? They're going to get inspired to play rock, to play metal, listen to more of this yeah. stuff, listen to the people that are out now. And all of a sudden, we could get this massive explosion in the next 10, 15 years. So... I think
1: it's going to happen sooner. I mean, if you go Ooh. on TikTok right now, and I mean, it's a weird example, but everyone's on TikTok, at least all the younger kids. And it's like a trend, like there's a lot of um, TikTok, I guess, sound clips or sound bites where it's like rock themed or rock inspired. And I don't actually, my view is a little bit different on when it comes to the pop artists doing rock music. I think that they always liked rock, Um, but everyone goes through phases. So my first time ever really singing, I did what's it called like a pop rock, maybe kind of like poppy alternative music. It was not what the dev is right now. And if you look at Machine Gun Kelly and you look at the Lady Gaga and the Miley Cyrus and the Halsey's, you know, they already had an alternative look before they even went into the pop scene. And I think people kind of forgot that. Like Halsey used to talk about always how Paramore was her favorite thing ever. And if you really looked at Halsey's, you know, fashion style and everything, she did have a very similar look to her or like Machine Gun Kelly always wore like leather jackets and stuff and like always had clips of him riding around in motorcycle. He loved rock. And Post Malone oh, has been in the rock hip hop vibe in a while, but like people like Miley Cyrus, her dad was Billy Ray Cyrus. If he wasn't doing country, he was doing rock. And so I think maybe what might have happened was, you know, with pop music, it can tend to be a little bit more simplistic. You know, you have that like really cool synth beat, you have, you know, like a backbeat that like is what drives a song. And then anything that you put on top of your voice to, you know, fill out the song. It's harder to write rock music just because there are so many instruments. And, you know, as a lyricist in this band, I can tell you one thing, like Chris is like a badass drummer and that fucker uses double bass. And like with having two guitarists like Barrett and Ryan, there's so much going on. And then John with his pedals on his bass, it's not even simple bass. It is harder as a lyricist and a singer to write rock music when you have so many fine like tuned objects having to like rotate all perfectly together so i think what we actually saw was machine gun kelly getting back to his original roots where he wanted to do that punk stuff because he listened to that punk stuff i think we saw that miley cyrus kind of channel or her homage of like what her father kind of raised her on and that's why when she sings, you're seeing something hit home because that is home. That's what she's used to being raised with. You know what I mean? When you're seeing the Lady Gaga, I mean, she was born in Brooklyn, New York. Like I'm a New Yorker myself. And like, that is rocks. Like Detroit rock city is like a thing like up North rock is such a prominent concept. So, oh, hell yeah, it is. you know, she even talked about it. Like she loved rock. I mean, in the telephone with Beyonce and everything, what was the girl wearing biker clothes and studs and stuff? So I think the reason why we're seeing rock now is because A, in 2020, there's a lot going on right now. And rock is always been that one genre where we can get like our anger and aggression out on certain things. But B, we're seeing a lot of artists kind of hit back home to like music genres that they also like that weren't that, you know, generic pop melody on the radio or that like rap or hip hop. And that's what I'm extremely excited for because it's not seeing them try something new. It's seeing them get even more emotional and more like into the concept of music, because I always felt like pop and jazz and, and genres like that, where there's live instrumentation, you get to feel more energy from the singer and from the artist itself, like musician artists, like that play the instruments and also the singers. So when I saw Miley Cyrus do, why do you only call me one year high from I think the Black Keys. And then she also did, I, I believe it was Cranberry Zombie, yeah. It wasn't like a shocker to me. If anything, the reason why I felt like there was emotion there was because she was already channeling something that has been there for a while. And that's probably why when I found this band, it I thought it'd be hard. But if anything, I was just able to channel what I've already had there to begin with. And I think we're going to see a lot of artists flip-flop in and out of genres now because now there may not be as many concerts, but I've noticed that there's so many more music singles hitting the internet back and forth because we're all cooped up so everyone's really getting a chance to like rediscover themselves and figure out what they want to do i think rock is going to blow up even sooner and i'm i'm hoping for it too because it's it's always been my favorite i don't want to say favorite but it's always been my favorite genre Uh,
0: that was something that i mean from where i was going with it for where you're going with it like you took it from a different standpoint however I absolutely love where it was coming from. And you like the best part about it was you put so much context behind it as well. And I always love to hear people's opinions on things when all of a sudden it's like, okay, even if it's not exactly the same as mine or completely different than mine, give me the context behind it always. Cause I want to yeah. understand it. And I'm thinking I'm like taking a look at it from someone who kind of has a little bit of all those similar roots as well. Holy shit. <laughs> you made it like literally I'm thinking that now it could easily blow up even quicker because yeah. of just that mentality that you had with it. And holy shit. Now I'm like thinking, I mean, this could be like, when a, rock like was a 10, big, 15 year There were like wars
1: happening. Thing. There were viruses and stuff. Like, I, I don't think people realize that, but like when rock was a big thing, either psychedelics were out and people were really like figuring shit out and seeing new things or there was like messed up stuff. Like System of the Down was massive, which is my favorite band because of like everything that was happening with Bush and stuff. Like when they wrote about those songs, the reason why they blew up was because of like what was literally happening right around you so when you go on tiktok you you get those like you know catchy songs and stuff but you'll notice more and more and more like you're seeing those like new e-girls which was like our old emos and scenes and goths like they're starting to appear up and like it's starting to happen all over again and it's going to be back to where it was and it may be a little bit different and it might be revised and whatnot but i think it's actually going to happen sooner than later to be honest
0: Oh, God, I hope you're right. All right, Chris Barrett, John, I've got to get your take on this as well because I'm curious to see what you guys think.
3: Um, well, going out on a limb, first of all, let me say I love rap. Um, I love what MGK did with his new stuff. Um, and I love that these artists are, are coming and, and touching rock and roll and kind of bringing it back into the forefront. Personally, I was actually watching some live videos of rappers and rock, uh, rock artists on the same festival. And the rappers had a big crowd but it was just one guy on stage kind of walking back and forth, rapping, doing his thing. He was, he was performing well, doing what he could do, but to a backing track. And not very many people in the crowd were moving, really. You know what I mean? And then the rock band gets on stage. Though the crowd dwindles a little bit, everyone in that crowd is up, moving around, and doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's more movement on stage. There's there's more things happening and grabbing your eye. You know? And I feel like maybe that could be a little bit of why MGK did what he did to kind of get more of that live feel. Because now he has Travis Barker playing with him. Uh, um, you know, a, another drummer I was really inspired by as a kid. And, you know, even just in their little videos that they do together, and he's playing guitar and singing, and Travis Barker's playing drums, there's there's more going on in the video. There's more movement, you know what I mean? As opposed to just someone walking back and forth, you know? And um, personally, as a drummer, of course, I want to see a drummer on stage. So that's why I'm more about that, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, well, when you kind of your point with rap artists at, like, rock music festivals, I've seen that happen before, and very few times have I seen it where, in my opinion, where it works out in the same way where you get the same energy at, like, a rock or metal show as you would at that certain rap show. And the two that I can think of that really bring that kind of same energy, because I've seen them on those same rock festivals on those same, like, at the same time, even even on, like, tours or where they cross towns at the same time with some rock and metal band. And it's just like everyone's having a great time. The two I think of are Wu Tang Clan and Tech Nine. Oh
3: yeah, of oh, yeah. course. Especially some of the the rap groups that had like more people. You know what I mean? Especially like like Wu Tang. There's a lot of people on stage moving around. But it's it's like one guy on a stage that's meant for a big rock band in a stadium show. It's like there's so much space, nothing behind them, You know? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, we're not gonna get something like from a rap group. I, we're not gonna get something like what Guar would do.
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah
0: already uh Barrett what, what are your thoughts on the everything like with a certain pop artist trying to foray more into rock what's your thoughts on that I th-
2: I, I think it's great I mean you know it, it only it only helps the rock genre because it, you know the kids that maybe only listen to pop music like cookie cutter pop music they're you know they're gonna be like what's this new sound? And they may hear that artist talk about it like, hey, this was inspired by so-and-so. So so that kid's going to go check that out and be like, you know what? That's cool because the person I look up to, they like them. So maybe I should check them out too. Then, you know, then share it, you know, with their friends. But Like with Miley Cyrus, like her her new song, uh, I guess it's kind of new, The Midnight Sky, I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that song. It it has like this, um, it has a very like 80s vibe to it. And I could just, I could start it. in then Machine Gun Kelly, like, you know, his pop punk, because I, you know, I like pop punk too. Um, I I can just see it, you know, going, you know, like Nikolai said, like sooner than later. um, It's, you know, it's going to have that resurgence, I think like it was in the 70s you know like 60s and 70s um i think 70s was probably the peak um but uh, i mean you even have like artists like harry styles uh from one direction you know, going out on his own and i don't know if you've heard that album or not but mike he sounds like it's from like 1976 i mean it's so good it's you know it's really good but and i think it is it's Um, it's getting those kids, uh, that maybe, you know, are just all about that scene, like to really look at something different. And, you know, you got to think too, like when you go to, you go to like a restaurant and everybody's having a good time and they put like, let's say like Bon Jovi comes on and living on a prayer, everybody, no matter how old they are, they're singing that song. So it's one of those things like, you know, rock's always going to be, you know, rock's always been there, but I, yeah, I think it's gonna, you know, I, I think it's great. Um, and oh, yeah. And with Miley Cyrus, too, I think she's going to do a Metallica like cover album. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I yeah. I, I'm you know, I, a lot of people are like, no, no, I, you know, I mean, but Lady, hey, yeah, Doc,
1: Lady Gaga did a good job with them at the what's it called? Super Bowl, was it?
2: No, no. Yeah, I
1: thought she killed no. it.
0: Oh, yeah. She did do something like a performance. This year. I can't remember. I'm I'm yeah. always, I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> My yeah, mind is but... too filled up with like punk rock and metal chord that some things get pushed out of the way. <laughs>
2: yeah 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 but no like I, I think it's like i'm really anxious to hear what she can do i mean because she did the um the heart of glass uh cover and uh she killed it you know uh so i am really anxious to see and like really curious to see what she can do with the metallica cover i mean you know she's gonna hopefully have a really good producer on that and you know help her out with it but yeah uh, I, yeah uh just i guess long story short i think it's great you know?
0: Well said. And John got to go to you on this one. Cause you're the last one to speak on this issue. Yeah.
4: Um, I, just like everybody, uh, I, I'm in agreement with everybody pretty much. It's a great thing. It's good for the music and, and just to, to, you know, touch a little bit more on where Barrett went with the younger, you know, the younger fans that, that only listen to, uh, maybe pop music or, or pop, you know, whatever, or just hip hop. Uh, this gives them a chance, you know, when they put, when they put in that artist that, that, these uh, that that are collaborating with, or or you know, that these guys have worked with, like uh, what we had, um, Post Malone worked with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. You know, and that got a bunch of kids to probably go on Spotify or Apple Music or something. And then they looked up Ozzy Osbourne. And then if they're, you know, on Spotify, it gives you if you do a random or or it gives you suggested artists or whatever. If you like this artist, you know, and all these digital media, all these digital uh, song apps where you can listen to music, they'll do that. They'll suggest other artists. So it really can send these kids down these rabbit holes of all these bands that they've never experienced before never heard of before, and it might turn them into fans, you know, and then maybe it'll pique their interest into just looking for new music. And it's a great thing. It's great to see. And I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Cause if you look at the way things are going now, people are already, uh, the interest in rock is starting to come back. And it's, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the pop musicians and the hip hop musicians kind of touching into delving into this genre and it's really bringing it more into the forefront. So it's great. It's a great thing. It's great for it's great for music in general and it's great for everybody.
0: I, I have to agree with that as well. And one thing that I'm a big proponent of on this end is I've seen a good amount of people, especially on different like different fan pages I'm on on Facebook with like Sirius XM, just like some hard music, hard like hard rock, hard music st- kind of stuff and seeing what they're saying about some of these uh, pop artists kind of foraying back into rock. And there's a lot of times where people are really pushing against it, and I'm a like, whoa, 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 why are we pushing against it? Because we kind, we want rock and metal to grow. We don't want it to be it, it, taking a backseat to hip hop and rap and pop and even country music at some pop country music at some points. Not saying that those are bad because I know a lot of people like them, but as a rock and metal fan, like we want to see that back in the forefront, so we can get a lot more artists and a lot more music to come out of it. And people are really pushing against it. It's like, oh, these pop artists shouldn't be doing. It. It's like, no, 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 no. That's what the newer generation is listening to. So if they jump into it, let's embrace it because then all of a sudden the newer generation is going to listen to what we're listening to, and then holy crap, we could get we get bands we could get a bands to come out there that are completely revolutionary. Like um, I'm trying to think a couple of examples, like what Attack Attack did. We get bands that come out and have an influence like that, have an influence that like bring me the Horizon had, have influence that hell even like a crazy band like Baby Metal even is having. Like come on, like that could easily happen. We just got to just not. <laughs> We, gotta, we just got to not stand in its way.
1: Exactly. And, you know, you got to remember, like, obviously rock is not going to be what rock was in the 70s. And I'm not expecting it to be either, just because if you look at hip hop, look how much hip hop has even changed. I mean, hip hop's taken so much from like the EDM world and everything. And pop music even has taken so much from all different aspects. So it's not like rock has to stay the rock that, like, we play or whatever. I would love it to see different artists of different kinds just go and take from and i've seen rock actually come out in like a lot of hip-hop music videos too and a lot a lot of pop songs too like you're seeing you're hearing more and more like acoustic guitars and electric guitars on pop songs more than ever but and that's what you want i mean there's gonna be a point where you won't even know what genres are anymore because everything's gonna be so well mixed and that's perfectly fine too
0: yeah you're gonna get, i don't I, know. I was gonna say you're gonna end up having bands that just or groups that just blend styles so much that yeah they're not gonna have like a set What's the best way? They're not gonna have a set like genre that you put sure, yeah. into. Like Bring Me the Horizon, yeah, they have that deathcore metalcore background, but like they've done so much other stuff. Even take a band like Falling in Reverse, like with Ronnie Radke, hell, like, I, like people ask me to classify, I'm like, I can't. And there's so much there that you can't put it in a box. So they're, you could potentially see a lot more of that where everybody's just trying different things, everyone's experimenting with so many different things, and all of a sudden it's like, well, how do we, uh, how do we classify this? Just let it be itself that's what you do
2: yeah exactly yeah that's what and I've never understood either like you were talking about how there's a lot of pushback with the, the pops I've never understood why like there's certain people that want to keep it underground like if it's not underground then it sucks you know and it's just like I, I've never understood that I mean hey it's to each his own you know but yeah it's like don't you it's like don't don't you want people to to like the bands that you know that don't you want to share that with people like you know it's like stop being selfish with it you know
0: and a lot of people that are like that or it's like they're putting a lot of pushback on it it's you take a look at like the music that they end up talking about and i always kind of laugh at this a little bit internally because the music they end up talking about like the music that they really love especially if you look earlier on it's a lot of stuff that was popular like super popular at that time like led zeppelin nirvana is a huge one for that
2: yeah oh no didn't you know that's a clothing line it's not a band. It's clothing line (laughs) that's what that's what i mean literally people people think that like there's videos of like these like younger kids you know god bless them but like (laughs) they, they have these shirts on but nirvana shirts on and they're like they're like, and there's a, it's like uh, the smile, I guess it's like her brother. Yeah. Like her brother is playing the the song and they're like, Hey Katie, like what, what, who is this? And they're like, I don't know, but they're wearing a Nirvana shirt because they just think that it's a, a clothing line, you know? So yeah. I used that's... to always
1: have friends with my, like jokes with my friends, because I had a lot of girlfriends that would wear like Metallica and Black Sabbath t-shirt. And I remember one day I saw a girl wear a Cannibal Corp shirt and I looked at her and I was like, there's no fucking way you know a single damn song and she was like excuse me and she just bought it like apparently they were selling cannibal corpse tees like on sale at um what's it called hot Topic or whatever but if you go to like forever 21 you can get like metallica black sabbath acdc guns and rose t-shirts i mean a crap ton of nirvana ones and they're all just like for sale there and these girls literally girls and guys literally have no idea what they're wearing and it's so funny because i'll just see them trying to make a black sabbath tea look preppy and i'm like what is <laughs> going on here but hey i don't mind it because i can get merch tees for like 15 bucks now and that's pretty dope so
0: i mean that's one way to look at it i'll say like hey
1: now i'm getting Jeep that's how merches. i look how at it now that?
0: yeah and then another thing too is if they it's kind of at a point where like what happened with that uh, one nirvana it was like wait but you're wearing that band t-shirt what might have happened is you're going to see people wearing these shirts without knowing anything about the band. All of a sudden people are going to ask them about it and they're going to be intrigued enough to just actually check them out. And some might not like them, but some might really get into it. You never know.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I like those um, kids react videos on YouTube, like where kids react to it. And I like the Nirvana one. I mean, every, every kid on there, they were just like, Wow they sound just like the record live, you know, that was like the big thing, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. They <laughs> but yeah, it was like the, like, it seems like the, even the kids, like, like little kids, they didn't know who they were or they would be like, Oh yeah, my dad plays this stuff. And, and it's like, you know, but they, they liked it. Like, I don't think there was one kid that didn't like it. Like they were like, wow. Like he just, and they all said, they were like, it just seems, he just seems so sad when he sings. It's. <laughs> It's like, that's kind of the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I've watched some of those too. It's just, I've always ended up watching, like, the kids react to, uh, like, Motley Crue, and then watching Tommy Lee give his reaction to it, uh, the Lincoln oh, Park yeah. ones. I still think my yeah. one of my favorites is when uh, the little kids reacted disturbed. Because there's, oh, like, yeah, a yeah. lot of them, that there's, like, a lot of, like, the really little ones, like, I only listen to pop music, nah. And then there's this one kid that all of a sudden, like, down with the sickness starts playing, and he's just kind of, like, bobbing his head, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, wow. I, and he just starts banging his head like crazy. I'm like, now that kid. I like that kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kid always got me laughing. I'm like, ah, yeah. So it's just, again, with more artists from the pop scene, kind of foreign into the rock scene, you're going to get those kids from those kids react channels and all like kind of just using them as like a base, but like, you know, saying basically that whole entire generation, they're going to have an introduction to it and something that they know that they understand and that is popular amongst their friends and kind of their culture in a way and then that's going to end up leading into checking out different things like mgk yeah pop punk album people are going to start checking out blink 182 because they're going to make the connection between travis barker and blink 182 and then they're going to jump into more of that 2000s pop punk style with good charlotte fallout boy newfound glory then you take something like um i'll use young blood as an example too his take on the air his inclusion on bring me the horizons obey People are gonna check that out and what le- and like it, and all of a sudden they're gonna check out post human survival horror, and then you know they're gonna end up bouncing off to other places. They're gonna see the No uh, Nova Twins had something on there. They're gonna bounce, you know, see, make the connection there. They're gonna hear Kingslayer, and they might go and check out baby metal after that because they're gonna be super intrigued by it. All this stuff kind of has this, you know, ro- like snowball rolling down a hill into an avalanche kind of style. It can happen like that. It just. We just gotta let it. We just got. We just can't stand it in its way. That's the best way to put it. We just gotta. Oh, let oh yeah, it stand.
4: and 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 the the reacts videos are are such a huge thing now on YouTube, especially like for for you know for all rock and metal and and, and hip hop and everything. There's so many channels now of people that just react to um, Tool or or Mastodon or Metallica <laughs> or Molly Crew or Led Zeppelin or Rush or whatever. And it's really cool to see it because it's people from diverse backgrounds. It's not just you know, it's not just a bunch of white kids with long hair listening and reacting to, to, to typical <laughs> music. You have African-American people, Hispanic people, people from China, people from Japan, people from Korea, people from Africa, people, you know, people from all over the world are listening to rock music and reacting to it on YouTube. And it's, it's freaking awesome. It's really cool to see. It's just it's just a great yeah. thing. And, you know. This is the time we live in, and it's, it's amazing that we have access to all this music at our fingertips, on our phones, on our computers. It's just it's amazing. It's, this is the best time, honestly, I think, to be a musician in terms of reach. Like, your reach is worldwide now in this time that we live in. Our, the reach is worldwide with everything because of the Internet. So it's, a, it's an amazing time, and with the way music can be recorded now digitally, it, it sounds even better than it sounded back then. Sure, I mean, vintage records sound great because they have that vintage sound, but now you can, you can emulate that. You can make it sound even better. You can bring out things in music that they couldn't bring out back then because you just didn't have the technology. So it's, just, it's a great time to be in, and, and everybody, you know, rock and roll will live on forever, essentially, because of the internet and because of just how good it is.
0: And honestly with that, John, I think that might be the best way to close this conversation because that kind of summed up everything. Rock and roll will never die. We're going to keep
2: it on. (laughs) Keep it on.
0: So before we send you on your way, because we've done close to two hours on this podcast, which you'll hear my thoughts in the podcast as I give my whole entire sayonara thing. But uh, I want to give all of you the chance to say whatever the heck you want to end this with. Um, Basically, if you want to plug anything, if you want to just say whatever doesn't matter to me, the floor is yours. So take it away.
1: How do we want to end this, boys?
2: Well, Let's just do uh, stay devoted.
1: Stay devoted. And make sure if you like us, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all of that. It's either at The Dev Band or at The Dev Music. Check out Queen of the Damned. Make sure to follow us on Spotify. I don't think artists say that enough. But follow us on Spotify so that the moment our new single releases, then you guys will be able to see it right then and there and save it because it's going to be a dope one i'm extremely proud of it and i think we're all we all have like really high anticipations for this but it's because it means a lot to us so we're excited and also to anyone that listened to this whole entire podcast thank you for listening
3: yeah most definitely thank you for tuning in and because holidays are coming up make sure to head up our uh, our store envy the dev.store where you can get cool shirts like this and all that kind of good stuff stay devoted guys thank you for tuning in
1: Emotion Thanks for personally.
3: your
4: con- oh, sorry. Let me
1: proceed, John. No, no, no.
3: Go for it. Thank you so
4: much to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate your continued support. We love you guys. We love our fans. As Barrett
2: said, stay devoted. Yeah, and, and more- you know, like, sorry. <laughs> no, <keep> going. <laughs> okay, so and like we were talking before, you know, if 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 you, you want to, you know, live your best life, you know, and you know, just fill the fear, go for it, and follow your desired evolutionary vision. Dev. Of-
1: yeah. Hey, and Kev, I got you. Make sure to keep following the Chord Progression. Check out Kev on all of the social media. It's going to be all linked down below. See, look at this. I got you. Oh, yeah. I got you. And yeah, just listen to Kev. Watch all the bands that he's going to interview. Check out us and just keep your eyes peeled for new and up and coming dope music from not only us, but other people too.
0: And that is one hell of a way to end it. Now it's my turn. So for everyone that's listening, everything that... These members of the dev set from Nicola to John to Chris to Barrett. When it comes to following them on like places like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can find them on YouTube, where you can find their website, where you can buy some merch for Christmas time because you definitely should. And when it comes to finding them on stream platforms like Spotify, where you should follow them, even Apple Music, where you should follow them. I know you guys, you want it as easy as possible to access. So instead of having to search them up, I got a great idea for you. Take a look at the description of the podcast below if it's the YouTube video or if it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. I'm going to have all the links for the dev there. So all you have to do is just click on them, tap on them, whatever it is. That's all you got to do. It's going to be super duper easy. And for everyone who's fans of the dev that just find out about me, even below those links, that's all my stuff too. So come and follow us as well because we got even more of this stuff. And I'm going to end with this or a couple of things. First off, this was had to be one of my top five favorite podcasts of all time. I mean, it was absolutely insane with everything we went over i was enamored throughout the whole entire thing from just talking about all the wacky stories to all of a sudden getting into talking about queen of the damn to just living what your truth and kind of just going after what you want to go after and then everything about rock and metal going forward in terms of what's going on in the world right now with pop artists kind of foreign to that just all that my god this was one of the best conversations ever so i'm so happy about that And also, once this whole entire coronavirus thing comes to an end, hopefully in 2021, damn you, coronavirus, you're costing me all my concerts, damn it. Now I'm starting to sound like an old man. But when that (laughs) time comes, that concerts return, I've got – well, i got a question for you guys because do you guys plan on coming and playing around Milwaukee or Chicago anytime soon when that
1: happens? Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, then, there's always one thing I like to say when – a band does say that, and I've enjoyed having him on the podcast so much. And that's this. When you guys come up here and I get to see you live for the first time, I'll make you a promise. First round's
2: on me.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And then uh-huh. we got one on us, too.
2: Killer. Oh, hell yeah. No. And, and you'll be on the VIP list, so you're, you're yes, all done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll be I'll – I'll say, I'll message you guys Wait. right away when I see. I'd be like, holy shit, you're coming to Milwaukee? You're like, are you in Chicago? Like, I'll make the hour and a half drive. It's easy for me.
1: Yeah, trust me. We don't have any like things set and dates just because, you know, with COVID, everything's really hard to figure out right now. But we were definitely looking up to going to plane up north, northeast area. So you might see us yeah. soon, hopefully, if everything goes mm-hmm. well.
2: Ho-
0: hopefully. So. Now I will officially end with this and I will not say goodbye to you guys on this podcast for a number of reasons. One, first round's on me. I got to make good in that promise. So I have to see you guys live at some point in order to make that happen. Second, this is not the only time I want you guys on the Core Progression Podcast. I would love to have you on again at some point, whether it's when the next thing comes up, whether it's sometime next year, whatever it might be. I just want to have you guys back on the podcast again because this was so much fun. So I cannot say goodbye with good conscience, so I'm gonna have to end it with what I always end it with because I always want to have every single band back on. But you guys, after this po- show or uh, episode, hell yeah! So it's gonna end with a uh, see you later, see you later, right, see you man, see you later. Hey, thank you, thank you, you're welcome, thank- guys. See ya. Whoa, 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 folks! That was my review with the dev, and again, this was one of my favorite podcasts of all time. This was one of the best conversations I think I've ever had. It flowed so damn well. I am I really want you guys to get into this band, The Dev. And when they come out with their new single, are we going to feature it on MSOTD Rocks? Uh fuck, yeah, we are. I mean, we're going to feature Queen of the Dam too before the year is out. Trust me on this. So this is going to be awesome. I want you guys to get into The Dev. So remember, anything when it comes to The Dev, please, please follow, subscribe to other stuff, especially on Spotify. Make sure you're following them or subscribe to them. Uh, pick up some of their merch for Christmas as well. I'm going to think I'm going to maybe foray into that because, again, how well this podcast went. And remember to follow all of us at MSOD Rocks as well, along with the Core Progression Podcast, so you keep getting more of these to come your way because we are continuing to bring the heat. And that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast for the MSOTD Rocks where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes. Of the big, healthy, and hearty. <gasps> See?
2: No Yeah.
3: Oh.